Hello everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of The Untamed Rant. I am Erin, and as always, with me is the talented Mr. Graham. Hello. <laughs> I'm the wandering alchemist. <laughs> I mean, there's that too. <laughs> and she is the untamed scrap. We'll get there later, it's fine, I don't know. I know you're excited. <laughs> I know you're excited. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite resources and games from the past year. And there's a lot, but we've narrowed it down <laughs> to give a few. It, <laughs> so first thing we're going to talk about today is going to be uh, the games that we played last year. Well, yeah, last year. That's, that's so weird because it's only been like six days. Yeah. Yeah. Awkward. Anyway. Um, Shh, they're not supposed to know we're recording this over a week late. They already do. You already posted. Shh. <laughs> no, I told them it was going to be late. I didn't tell them we weren't recording it until the 6th of January. Well, now they know. Now you know. And welcome, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what did we play this year? So we played a lot of games. I think a. we actually played more games. This year. Not just more games, but more campaigns, more sessions. Yeah. Than any other year, really. Yeah. Which is crazy, but awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're doing this for you, whether or not you're listening. You're listening. <laughs> you're totally also, listening. It's also for us. Um, one of the first games that we played last year, which we have to get back to this coming year, is Brave New Worlds. Yes. So. Yes. On so many levels do I want to get that back to Brave New Worlds. Yes. As do a decent amount of the players I've I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, first of all, we never, I really wanted to, but we never managed to finish up that story arc. Correct. And, like, we left just as it was heating up. Like, we were probably two-thirds of the way through really the story good. arc. Right. And we had to pause. Yeah. And then we didn't pick it up. And try timing. it. Timing. <laughs> I mean, the, the group timing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean as, as listeners know, uh, Jack, who played... Igmar. Igmar. I, was, I wanted to say Samson, but that was a campaign. <laughs> different game, different yeah. time. <laughs> uh, Jack who played Igmar was the most troublesome schedule for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we ended up playing Luxara, which is fine, but we didn't want to leave him out in the middle of a story arc. Yeah, we can't it, do that. But also, Erin's schedule once summer hit, too, and she yes. had... She couldn't yes, she it was no those, both those factors. First yeah. it was Aaron, then it was Jack. And it's just craziness from there. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get back to that. But that was one of the games we played. Well, Definitely I already know the it. second arc I want to take well, you guys on. shut up about it. <laughs> Should I shut up about it? Tell we... us in the comments. <laughs> we may re-record. I won't shut up about it either way, but I mean, feel free to complain. <laughs> but yeah, do that, please. <laughs> or, or don't. I mean, but still do. Anyway. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back to that. Hopefully that happens. I still love Savage Worlds as a system. It's one Absolutely. of my Absolutely. I really like that one, too. And I want to play it because the next world story arc thing you guys are going to is a world I've been building for... Based on a setting that I love very much that work very well in Savage Worlds. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> I, two words. Mega Man. What? Yes. Which, and if you guys serious? don't believe me, if you're not big enough Mega Man fans, and I'm not even that big of a fan, but I appreciate the genre, it is a superhero genre. <sighs> well, that makes me super excited. It. I, so I was originally just wanting to like develop 
I've looked on some forums of people doing it. Savage Worlds really fits. And I wanted to do a Mega Man game. But then I started creating this whole world that's mm -hmm. Mega Man inspired, but not Mega Man. And I have some very specific differences and unique things. And now I want to, like, I want to play a little bit in that world. Thinking about where we left off in that campaign, too, like, that could be really interesting. Well, that's the whole point of the campaign, too, I know, is we well, can visit a bunch of different worlds. I know! Like, that's going to be really yeah, cool. So, <laughs> hopefully we can get back to that sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, something else that we played earlier this year um, was Cobalt Ate My Baby. And it was awesome. They're just so silly fun. Uh, yeah, I, I still remember Jack getting mad because we were technically the bad guys. I mean... Yeah. Absolutely. That's 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 just what we were, and he was mad because he was like I, I think I like, cut someone or cut some skin off somebody or whatever, and he was just like, why would you? Do? I'm like, dude, you just stabbed this woman in the back. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're not the good guys. There are no lines. The line is food in hand to food in stomach. That, yeah. that is the line. That is, that it goes is. through the mouth. <laughs> And that's the only. There's I no was side roads. Fucking hungry, <laughs> and I wanted some food. Great game. So they have an expansion. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Weird. And they weren't at PAX last year. I tweeted them. They didn't make it there. That sucks. Um, Maybe this year. Though. We only have one um, FLGS on Cape, so it's really hard to find stuff. Game night is our only friendly. Yeah, local I know. Game store. Yeah, which is great, by the way. If you're a local, definitely. It is, but. Check it out if you haven't. Because it's the only one. I mean, it's I know. got all the war games, and yep. it's got a limited amount of RPGs. It's got lots of board games and some magic stuff, but like... PAX is definitely the place to go to get But there's not a lot variety. of random stuff. Yeah, exactly. But still, Cobalt Day, my baby, was like quick little one session. Oh, character creation was. Oh, yeah. Super quick. Quick game. We all ended up dying because we're the bad guys, <laughs> but it was still great. I expected and one shitty rolls are shitty. Well, Jack had a horrible. I'm gonna say it now. For the record, Jack had a horrible idea, and we all went along with it because, well, we did, and we all died because of it. <laughs> to be fair, all of you were very brave, and none of you ran away. Yeah, like that. That was the thing because Which was you could stupid. Well, but that's can't a eat tomorrow if you don't run away. <laughs> But that's the thing, too. You don't want to be seen as a deserter from the king or whatever it was, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. There were, there's all kinds of... So it was like, okay, yeah, I'll go along with your idea so you don't call me a pussy. All hail <laughs> All hail <laughs> Yes. Um, something else that we uh, played a little bit of, only a little, was Cypher. I really love the Cypher system. Even though... I love the system a lot. That's one it's of my very favorites. strange from my side of the table. Really? No dice. I mean, but I, I, I get that. That's kind of like it it's was weird. for me for Monster of the Week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Do you remember how many that. times I went to grab dice? I know. I, I, I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> totally fine. But I like, it's a very simple system. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of things that it does very elegantly. I like the three pools that are both... I love that. ...your ability resource and also your survival. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. I really enjoyed that game yeah. as a player. And to be perfectly honest, not only... Like, without even creating my own world, um, I would love to play more Gods of the Fall. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to get Predation early this year mm -hmm. when it finally comes out. Um, and I want to look into, like, Numenera. And the strange. Oh, the strange. 
Um, because they're just such their Montecook Games has such interesting settings. They're so cool, and they fit with Cipher, which is different because it's all about discovery. It's not about overcoming objectives, Mm -hmm. whether that's treasure or monsters, whatever. It's just exploration is the key point. And that's one of those systems, for me anyway, that... Ceiling Buffalo. Duh. (laughs) Yes. That is one of those systems, though, for me personally, that it's one of my top three. Just because of how you can use it and the different ways you can make it work for you and for your character Mm -hmm. is great. I love it. Yeah, I mean... I still think I like Savage Worlds better, but I only think that probably because it's a little older, Savage Worlds is a little more, it's a little less complex, there's a little less math to it, I mean, yeah. basically you're shooting for four, Yeah, that doesn't change, um, and the magic slash superpower slash crazy science, mm-hmm. the way that works in Savage Worlds is also very elegant and very, no matter what you skin it as, mm-hmm. it works almost the exact same way. And it, and as anyone who owns a Savage Worlds setting knows, mm-hmm. um, the easiest way to use Savage Worlds is to tack on a setting rule. Yeah. Which, like, insanity in Realms of Cthulhu. Right. Which is very simple, relatively speaking. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think I like Cypher a little more just because of how... I, I know I'm from a different side of the table mm-hmm. in both of those, but for that one because of the point system and the pools because yeah. you can use them in so many different ways. And I really enjoyed that about yeah. that. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, we'll get back to that. apples and oranges. <laughs> really, yeah. yeah. But. but I like that one a little more, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, something that we touched on... Didn't ever get to finish, and I may or may not have run, like, three or four sessions of on my own without recording. Sorry, you're the best. Monster of the Week. (laughs) I would like to play Monster of the Week again. I know, and I'm all about that, because it's awesome, and I've got some ideas brewing. Yeah, I I really like what Monster of the Week is, Ah. in and of itself. And I like the system, the Powered by the Apocalypse games... I'd like to maybe get one or two more of those to look into. Like, Dungeon World is like a dungeon crawling version. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but there's a handful of others out there that I might want to take a look at. But that's on a long Peruse, list of things if you will. to take a look at. But I do really like the system, and I enjoyed playing in it. Yeah. So. I really, and that's another one where, you know, from the DM side, for me, like, no dice. That's true. But still, like, it was interesting. It was It was unique to run. And after running a few more of them, I mean, I've I've got so many more ideas. Yeah, but I also have so many more ideas for it too, in terms of monsters and setting and all that stuff. So let's it's one of those ones like, yeah, we need to pick it up again and play. Just reading it, you could play anything from Buffy to the X Files. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Kind of Scooby Doo. (laughs) Come on, gang. (laughs) (laughs) Zoinks. I mean, this happens. Yeah, Jenkins, right? <laughs> For real. Um, something else, though, in terms of one-shots that we did get to play and flesh out a little more, though, was Cat. And Cat was a lot of fun. Yes. Cat was great. Cat was a lot of fun on a lot of levels. <laughs> uh, I think Cat... 
Monster of the Week is close, but it was triple-digit pages. Yes. But Cat is the first, like... I don't want to say real, because it's not the right word, but real independent RPG that we've played. Finger quotes like, around that, people. <laughs> yeah, like, it was the first, like, small, quick, easy, yeah. like... I mean, Monster of the Week pretty much qualifies, but it's still robust. Cat mm -hmm. is a unique little thing. Yeah, and shout-outs to Erin for running that, because one, she did a great job. That's another reason it was awesome. And two, because she stretched, she was able to stretch it out over two mini-sessions, which was great, because ultimately, we definitely could have finished that in one but we were so excited about figuring it out and everything and working together. That was and, a little rough, too, because I was thinking like... thinking more about it that we ended up... I think we put more into it because she did it that way, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think part of that was she had never DM'd anything before. Right. And, I mean, the way she was playing it, um, it, it very easily could have been one session. It could have been extended to two full sessions. It ended up being about a session and a half. Right. Like... That had nothing to do with the game or the system, right. just with uh, experience and timing. Yeah. And, I mean, I've been learning how to time one-shots over the past year myself, so. Yeah. It was still Star awesome. Star Wars yeah. was supposed to be one session, but it was three. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the only one I've succeeded in making intended as one session and being one session was TMNT. Yeah. Speaking of which, another game we played. That is another game we played. <laughs> I'm so happy. I've been waiting literally a decade to play that game. That game my dad bought when it came out in the 80s. Uh, like right before I, so right before I was, was born. Awesome. <laughs> no offense to people who were born well before the 80s. We, not that old. <laughs> we are not age discriminatory here. <laughs> Good job, Aaron. Um, you said it first. <laughs> but my dad bought them before, right before I was born. I think they came out in 85 um, for the yeah, Heroes so. Unlimited, which is Palladium's Rift's uh, system. And he gave it to me um, to look at slash hold on to, I don't know, when I was like 15. And like, I was still, Hold on I was still <laughs> learning D and D back then. Like, and like for real, like there was a number of years where D and D was like looking at books, as I'm sure all of you, a lot of you relate to, just like looking at the books and like quote unquote playing. Um, <laughs> but then after a couple of years, like actually playing, I was like, I really want to play this game. But like, there was no time, or people didn't want to play. And then a few years later, probably six years ago. I was like, I was in uh, Salem, Massachusetts. I don't think it exists anymore from what I've been told, but the Red Lion Smoke Shop was, it wasn't just a smoke shop, it was also a convenience store and like a comic book shop. What? Yeah, so like, <laughs> that, it had, should, that well, it had like, so, side note, that should still exist. <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> does it? Aaron said it didn't last time she visited. Somebody look that up and let us know, but if it doesn't, I'm very I'd be very, I'd be very <laughs> But I mean, it was pretty much like, a mini convenience store, like, it had greeting cards and newspapers and magazines and, a, like, a cooler of Gatorade and soda and stuff. Uh, you get scratch tickets and Western Union or whatever. <laughs> um, it had a smoke yeah. shop on the side. But then it had, like, this little collectible section with, like, models 
uh, miniatures, comic books, awesome. board games, um, but it had this one aisle that was all RPG books. And it had a whole shelf of GURPS. It had a whole shelf of old <laughs> AD&D stuff. It had, like, random games like the Firefly uh, core rulebook. Um, and I'm disappointed that you didn't buy more. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I would have. I would have. Continue I had, on. I had to sorry. Be but it had a little tiny section, which probably took me two years to even notice. Because I would occasionally go in there and look, but, mm-hmm. you know. I would occasionally buy minis to paint or, like, a book I was looking for, a book that I wanted. Um, But I found they had, like, three, two or three Ninja Turtle books. Mm -hmm. I was like... (laughs) Just, like, eyes wide. Insert anime excited face. Um, Hearts on the eyes and everything. Perfect, yeah, that's it. (laughs) And I, I bought them. That's awesome. And then I went on eBay... Because, like, you know, back then they'd, like, mention the other books in the first few pages. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. it'd be ads yeah. for itself. And I'd be like, oh, I'm only missing, like, two books. That's awesome. And, like, technically there's only, like, three Ninja Turtles books, but there's, like, a total, if you include Ninja Turtles, of five Mutants books. So yeah. it's like, gotta buy them all. Literally. <laughs> Not Pokemon, TMNT. <laughs> Catch them all, too. But... Um, the only book now that I don't own, disco- dis- discontinued, not including, I want to say discluding, but oh, whatever. cool. Yeah. Uh, making up words. Not, inclu- not including the adventure <laughs> books. The only one I don't own now is, um, Mutants Down Under. That would be awesome. I own Mutants of Avalon. I have turtles, uh, trans-dimensional turtles. I have the other Turtles books and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. I even have the Game Master guy, uh, screen. Yeah. Because the guy I bought the book off eBay sent it to me just because. I was like, sick. <laughs> and I've, I've been sitting on those for about five or six years now and just like waiting for a group who wants to play TMNT. Now we played specifically... So TMNT and other strangeness, correct? Yes. I mean, they're all the same rules. Right, right. But that's the one that we went off That was the only book we used. Yeah. Okay. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. We actually ended up doing it only as a one shot, right? It was only one session, but it worked out really, really well. Yes. That Um, was... I really tried to plan it to be open to close one session. After after Star Wars and a couple other things, like, I tried to internalize everything and be like, okay, this... Is what I need to make it a right. one-session game. However, that is one of those ones, especially with where we left off, we can definitely pick back up in the future mm-hmm. if we ever want to. Yeah, and I think you guys would have done a ton of stuff if I, oh, God, if yeah. I had made it a more a, a longer game. Mm-hmm. But it would have ended up being three or four sessions. Right. But, and I think the next time we play, I'm going to plan for that. Yeah. It was definitely um, good with just how well, like it gave us a great introduction to the game. It was quick. It was fun. It was, it was we Ninja had a Turtles. blast. <laughs> it was Ninja Turtles. I'm like, how can you fucking go wrong? <laughs> it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, something else that we did play too this year um, that we got to try out was End of the World. If I'm gonna be honest, mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. But also, which version of End of the World did we end up doing? So. I have run into the world twice now, and I love the concept. 
Um, and I, I like the mechanic, the way it works for the concept. The first time I ran it, we did the zombie apocalypse. When I ran it for you guys, it was the Wrath of the Gods book. Right, that's Specifically correct. the Gaia scenario. Nature turning I mean, yes, on the world. Okay. I couldn't remember which um, the Wrath of the Gods, that was what I was... And <laughs> as a GM, I really love the concept, but you have to get familiar with the rules. And... It's kind of hard to prepare a scenario because it's even more unpredictable than regular games. Yeah. Because it's not just like your character's doing stuff and having a quest. It's literally you are you, who you are <laughs> you playing you in the apocalypse. Yeah. So like this is you today. What do you want to do? <laughs> and you can't. I mean, there's only so much preparation you can do for are they going to hunker down for a while, or are they going to immediately flee the area? And I think with what happened for us, just as a general idea for those listening, mm-hmm. you know, we hunted down for a little bit, but you you made it so that we had to leave the, the our, our base of operations, as yep. it were. It, which was great, because, you know, this is the new world, good luck to you. Yes. But at the same time, like, I think the thing I didn't... I don't I don't love that system. I think that's one of my problems with it. But also, that could change depending on if we try to pick it up with a different version of it. See, that's what I'm wondering. Because, like, like, Michael didn't seem to like the system either. But he also doesn't seem to like the concept. Like, yeah, I know. He, he doesn't, doesn't like the, the post-apocalyptic playing myself mm-hmm. concept. Yeah. So I think... It, <laughs> I think for him that generally stems from, like, I know I will die if the apocalypse comes. Right. I want to play a, a hero, please. <laughs> right. Um, which I get. Which I so, can recall him saying. That's all. So, <laughs> and then next, if we play again, um, personally, I'd like to run an alien game. Because after running, I think zombies are very overplayed. And yeah. my feedback from agree. that was that, like, some people are very angry about that game, but those people also were under a lot of assumptions about what you do in an apocalypse and where right. they were, and I just realism did up, <laughs> and they didn't like that. Okay. Like, if you're in a hotel outside of <laughs> a capital city during a, city. During a two-convention s- weekend... Say that again. City. Full of people. <laughs> and a zombie apocalypse breaks out. You don't get in your car and try to get on the highway that the hotel is literally right off of. There will be no. nothing but vehicles blocking your way. And they and tried to go everywhere. around cars, but there isn't around cars. It, Look at the opening sequence of 28 Days Later or The Walking Dead. There are dead cars Mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Abandoned cars everywhere. Oh, yeah, because people try to leave. There's nowhere to fit. You can't just... And they had a Jetta. So, like, you can't even go over... You can't go over (laughs) medians. They didn't have a Jeep where they could just, like, start crashing through what they wanted to try. They were literally limited to pavement. But I think that that's one of the things that you truly have to keep in mind when you're running that game or when you're playing that game. Like, if this was the true end of the world, you have to... You can't think, like, oh, I've got superpowers. No, you are who you are. Yes. (laughs) What are you gonna do? So, yeah, the next time... And I think that that's part of the disconnect with some of the people who don't like it, necessarily. Because... Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna drive away. 
you physically can't yeah, do exactly, that. Exactly. <laughs> so the next time we'll find out who really wants to play it. Right. Like so that they can mentally be prepared for what mm. it is. And um it'll be aliens because yeah. aliens is a little different than either of those scenarios. Yeah. I think uh, we haven't really had an alien anything really. And I mean the last one we had what War of the Worlds. Yeah. Which, you know, it's War of the Worlds. And again, like I said, I as a player, I didn't love the system, but that could have just been that one scenario. Like, I'd be willing to give it another shot. Yeah. But well, who knows part what of that happened with was, the other one. I wasn't familiar enough to, like, know yeah, Right, things, I gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't help. like rolling yeah. roll a d20. You know, even, yeah. even in Savage Worlds, when you're new, you can be like, okay, roll the dice you have for it. Right. It was like, okay, roll this, and do you have things, and what things do I need to right. give you, okay? But that's the, how yeah. new games start all the time. So totally it, it was a little rough going, yeah. and it's it's a niche game. It is, definitely Absolutely is, yeah. a niche game. But overall, those who played, I don't think they loved it. Not necessarily a favorite, a fan favorite, but yeah. definitely something we could definitely try again in the yeah. future. Um. Another one shot that we ended up doing was Star Wars, and that system is right up there with Cipher for me. I love that system <laughs> to death. Everyone I've played the system with loves Fantasy Flight's version of Star Wars. Um, I've heard a lot of flack given to that system mm -hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. I've heard that people don't like how unlikely you are to f actually succeed at something and get through something what? but personally through i don't know 15 sessions total of running that game yeah um i've ever seen a problem with that no i i as a player um, i don't see a problem with that like yeah there are some challenges that are harder for and sure to but... me from what i've seen that just seems to be a disconnect between um the approach to the game because the way I see the rules is mm -hmm. that it's more narrative and yes, even when you fail you progress the action mm -hmm. so that you don't need to continuously succeed to progress right what's happening and I think people get stuck on that necessity of success yeah um that's one of the things I loved about that game, though, because that was one of the first things you mentioned about it, too, when we, because I'd never played, and I was coming into it, and I was really excited to try it, and you were like, it's really cool because it's more of a narrative thing than a, like, oh, pass, fail. Like, you still move the story along, but it gives me more of an opportunity as a DM, when you were telling me about it, yeah. to make up a better story. It also, I mean, in my opinion, makes it easier to put the agency in the player's hands. Right. Because if you have something really clever to use the player's failed role yeah. to progress the story, cool. But if you don't, you can be like, what do you, what do you think happens? Like, what, what bad thing happens to you? Right, yeah, like... You know, in, in a, so, I mean, it creates a talking point, mm -hmm. a much... A much clearer talking point mm -hmm. of you know okay you failed but it's not just failure 
this specific type of bad thing happened. Right, and... You know, how do you want to play that out? Did you drop are, your weapon? Right. Is there steam in your face? Like, and I love the fact that there are extremes to that, but there are also non-extremes to that. For example, for, and I'm sorry for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, spoilers. For an example in that game, when we were playing, I decided to walk away from the guys at the bar and let Evan's character deal yeah. with it. And you were like, okay, I want you to roll to, like, just leave. And I did, and you were like, you succeed, but the guy yeah. smacks you on the ass. Like, do I engage him now? Do I not? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it, it provides another opportunity, but that's one of those things, like, okay, you got away, but you didn't get away all the way. Like, you weren't just like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, <Right>. and, and <laughs> it's just one of those things. In some ways, that might be problematic, because it forces you to come up with something, but that is a great challenge, and it really yeah. makes you a better role player and GM by, yeah. like, having to come up with that. And it really adds to the, I don't attribute, I don't subscribe to the yes and strictly, as oh, a lot yeah. of people do. Mm-hmm. I prefer I yes but, and occasionally no. Because uh, I, I think there needs to be limits set <laughs> at the table. It's a valid point. <laughs> System-wise, world-wise, you know, how deep you want to get the realism. And there's a lot of reasons to put limits, mm-hmm. and no is the only way to set those boundaries before you right. know them mm-hmm. um but i prefer expanding yes and into yes but mm-hmm. because that allows you to not just i don't know i just i dislike the the connotation of and yeah but again i prefer the connotation of but mm-hmm. on certain occasions especially when people get a little out of control with their desires <laughs> so i agree yes but <laughs> i I love the fact that, like you mentioned, it can be a an extreme case where, like, oh, you're gun fucking jams. Like, you have failed horribly. Or it can be just something little, like, this happened to you, are you gonna, are you gonna do it? Like, as an example, the guy would, like, do I engage him now? Do I say something? Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm just gonna keep going. We're just gonna just go to the doctor that I need to talk to. Forget that guy. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, it gives you an opportunity, but it's still a fail. It's just not as extreme. Um... And not to leave out the other elegant part about that is that there's two ladders for that. There's success failure mm-hmm. and advantage disadvantage. Advantage, yeah. Which so is you, great. You can succeed but jam your gun. Right. Or you can fail but like knock the gun out of the opposing person's hands on accident, even right. though you didn't kill him like you meant to. And so it, there's it it generates a nice fluctuating gray area. And I think that that's actually what it was when that scenario happened. I had, like, a success, but I had a disadvantage, and it was like, oh, well, this happened too. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not necessarily fail, but, you know, it still still gives you, like, okay, you're not gonna get away with everything scot-free. And that disadvantage (laughs) doesn't have to be strictly mechanical. Like, I made it narrative, so that, like, Mechanically, that put no imposition on you. <laughs> yeah. But narratively, you had to decide whether you wanted to make something. <laughs> yeah. <or not. laughs> yeah. I and mean, I, I think the system itself is really good. Just practice for that improvisation mm-hmm. in a nice fluctuating variety yeah. of ways. It's That's, a really good system. Yeah. I love it. I I really really love that system. Just Jack, that, I mean, Jack and I've only been and I've too. only been a player on yeah. that side. I I don't know how it works necessarily for GM. I mean, it's the but, same thing on the GM cuz GM still rolls. And then Pools are also, made the same way. So I mean, there's also the uh, light and dark tokens too. 
Yes, yeah, so which is a trading resource <laughs> to like up the ante or down the ante, which so it, good. it's nice. It's I want to play that again so yeah. badly. Hopefully, Jack, Jack, if you're listening, uh, <clears throat> Jack, <laughs> we're giving you point, very pointed eyeballs, side eye, a lot of a lot of side eye going very on, very pointed, head tilted, side eye, hands on hips. Yes, uh, you know the expression. <laughs> Uh, hopefully <clears throat> Jack will, uh, pick that up and make a camp, another little campaign. Even if he it. doesn't, um... Maybe I will, who knows, or... Well, whatever. I think one of us, one of the two of us should do an adventure for, uh, Untamed Dice again. Yeah. Because... I can't, I really want Nikolai and Michael Because to that. that's actually a really popular, in terms of play numbers on mm-hmm. SoundCloud, that's been very popular. Yeah. I and love it. We're going to have to pick it back up. That's all we're saying. I don't know if I can technically say it's more popular than Brave New Worlds, because Ooh. Brave New Worlds has more episodes, but right. I was, if, if we were to base it off episode one alone, mm-hmm. Star Wars is absolutely more popular. It's got more plays, and it's been around less long. So There you go. So, Star Wars. We'll get back to it again, absolutely. hopefully, this year. Um. Before I get to the main campaign that we've been running this year, I'm going to talk about the second kind of one that's really got a lot of the players in Untamed Dice really excited, which uh, would be Curse of Strahd. Yes. And the other one you're talking about is Luxara? Yes. So, so we're going to talk... Both D&D 5th edition. Yeah. We're going to talk about Curse of Strahd first, though. Okay, Because sure. I love it. <laughs> and it's evil. <laughs> I want to point out this is actually the first written campaign I've ever run. Really? I've been running campaigns for like... I did not know that. Are you, really? I would say 10 years, but quote unquote, probably 18 years I've been running campaigns. It's been my DM for a very long time, people. <laughs> this is the first one I didn't make up on my own. And it's been a unique challenge for I me. I didn't know that this was the yes. first one. That's Everything crazy, else bread. Done. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think... And it's part of the way I just, I think and remember things. It's easier for me to make my own stuff up because I can... Then to adhere to somebody else's. Because I can can categorize certain things and I can get into details and think about it whenever I want and develop it in my head. Mm -hmm. And it'll stay there. (laughs) And I'm, I'm much more okay with making stuff up on the fly. Right. For my own stuff. And be like, oh, write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, making it canon. Whereas in a pre-made, there's work you have to do ahead of time that you can't do whenever. You have to, yeah. you have to read the book. Yeah. Whereas I can, like, be at work. Like, fixing a computer. And just an idea will pop in And I head. can yeah. think about stuff, right? I get like, it. Okay, what am I going to do for tonight's session? That's so weird. Now I'm actually thinking about, it's, like, it's all the games difference. I played with you. But at the same time, you have something to go back to. Yeah. So, I mean, there's pros and cons, but it, just the way my brain works, I prefer homebrew. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm i pretty sure that the but group as a whole has picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love Curse of Strahd. And, like, I do really want to play... Um, what is the current Pathfinder Adventure Path? In Strange Aeons, it's the Cthulhu oh, yeah. adventure oh path. God. I think they're on the third or fourth part of six this month. Yeah, I think it started in October. I, don't quote me on it. Yeah. I haven't bought them because I would be too tempted <laughs> to push my players into abandoning Strahd for this. 
And we don't have time to just add another one on top of everything else. Yeah. Plus, there's... But I would, I would love to play that one. I know there's other ones I'd love to play, but... I mean, I have so many of my own ideas, too, that... Yeah. And and I hate to tell you, but there are a lot of us players who really enjoy playing Strahd. <laughs> I know. I know it's not your favorite. I, we get it, but we love I know. it. <laughs> I mean, I really like Strahd, too. It's just... It's different. Yeah, I get that it's different for you. We, on the other hand... As a hand, DM, I, want, I, I, I like exploring the worlds I create and letting oh, yeah. you guys rebound off of what mm-hmm. I send at you. Um... But Strahd has been tons of fun. Yeah. I also feel bad a lot in Strahd. There's a lot because of Because Strahd is hard. Strahd is very people hard. People who have played it know it's hard. And uh, some people edit it to be easier because they don't want a lot of TPKs. But I think one of the reasons... I mean, <laughs> don't let me put words in your mouth, but I think one of the reasons you guys have liked it is because it's been... Challenge. A struggle bus <laughs> yeah, the whole time. And we want to succeed that much more. Exactly. <laughs> Which is, like, and I like that. But, like, there are moments when I'm just like, oh my god, they've gotten themselves to, to hell in half of a hand basket. <laughs> and they're covered in oil. And, like, I can't put hell's fires out for you. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you there's fire there. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> and then I hand them all glasses of water and pray they do the right thing. <laughs> Which was the, the treant session. Oh, God, yeah. That but, was... But on, that was a great session. Where, but it, it also makes for awesome gameplay. Yeah, and, and it does. And in that, just to give you guys an idea, because that's one that we're actually not recording. Um, who knows if that'll change... With everything else going on, probably not, no. but... <laughs> I, I won't add yeah. unrecorded... No. Let's, let's just leave it alone and have it, have it be our but own thing. I have, but I have thought about doing blog posts about the session, so Which maybe really we'll cool. do that. Uh, leave a comment if you want that. Do it. Because if you leave a comment, I'm more likely to do it. Do it, please. <laughs> I'll get Jack to do it. No, I won't. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> With that, though, just as an idea for people listening... We had five players, three of which died in that one session. That is just ridiculous. But, but on top of that, though, like, it, the story wouldn't be the same without that. Because right. it's Curse of Strahd. Right. It's supposed to be depressing. I mean, it's Curse of Strahd. You were somewhere earlier than, well, I mean, Curse of Strahd is very sandboxy. So earlier than you were meant to be, be isn't yeah. appropriate, but that's the best way to put it. I gotcha. Um, there should have been other stuff you looked into first and gotten a little more Which XP. Which didn't. Which you didn't. Um, but that just means later on there's going to be some easier things for you guys if you explore those areas. Um, yeah. And you also made some poor tactical choices. Um, but, you know, I like... I tried... I don't want to say it. I don't want to say I threw you bones, but I've used NPCs to give you healing potions that weren't written in the book. Right? Yeah. Um, oh, you did. Yeah, that was definitely a big bone. Trust me. I think we all recognize that. We're like, we're not gonna die. Some of us still did, <laughs> but we had hope for just a brief moment. Well, also to be fair, I was on fire that day, and Jack. Oh my God! Was those rolls the were opposite retarded. of on fire. Because Jack couldn't roll a, over a three to save his life, and he rolled at least half a dozen ones. And then you Whereas, were just like, 20, 20, I, 20. I hated you so Except I didn't bad. do that. It was more like, roll, 
Ugh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like just a look of horror and self-loathing. <laughs> there because were a I, lot of angry eyes, but it was still worth it. <laughs> it was. I mean, dice were actually thrown across the room. Indeed. Yes, they were. <laughs> we all had a good time. So I mean, there's a reason we love Strahd. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not because of rainbows and butterflies, people. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I like Strahd because it's gothic horror, and I yeah. do have a soft spot for gothic horror. I love it. Um, so we're gonna be playing that throughout the year. Maybe we'll maybe share it we'll share it, but definitely a great game if yeah. you are willing to accept the fact that it is not an easy game. No, vampires and werewolves are not easy things to deal with. And random tables of generation for said monsters is also random. So good luck to you. Yeah. And even if you only do it like. Once or twice a session, let your players roll, because then you can blame them for rolling werewolves when they're still level three. No need to give them ideas. And then let them roll the secondary table, which is like 2d6 werewolves, so that when they roll a five and a six... Disaster. You can also still blame them for the fact that there are 11 werewolves attacking them at level 3. So I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but Crowley has uh, some DM tips for you all. Let players roll on the random table they don't know exists. Because then, if they all die, you can blame them. Kinda. (laughs) Kinda. You'll still get angry eyes, though. But anywho, I digress. Um... Last but definitely not least, something that we picked up this year, we've been playing more frequently, we've definitely uh, had uh, the most plays of this game, I think, right? I don't know, what game are you talking about? I'm talking about like Zara, uh, also yeah. 5e D&D. Yeah, I really enjoy Luxara. I'm a fan. I really uh, enjoyed what we well, I don't want to talk about Yeah, no about, spoilers. Yeah. They're not going to get but that until, like, Yeah, March. I know. But our last session was awesome. <laughs> um, I really like Luxara because... So, Atlazan, which is on the website, which no, I still haven't heard officially from Wizards of the Coast yet. Um, another topic for another day. <laughs> uh, I developed... Started developing almost two years ago. In my head, because of a cool concept, well, what I thought was a cool concept, um, but it's still very cliche D anD. Um, but then when I started doing Brave New Worlds, I was like, okay, let's get all these ideas in a line, and where can we go for Brave New Worlds first? And that was Luxara. Luxara is the first world I've built with a unique setting. That was in finger quotes. I know you can't see yeah. this. Uh, he's, he's, he's I'm talking with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> um, but, like, instead of just going traditional gods that are different because of a different setting, I wanted to... I focused on light, and hard light is a thing, and, like, light technology, quotes again, um, is a thing, and... But it's really cool. It's a cool concept. Well... And it's an intriguing And I started to flow with that, and then we played Brave New Worlds, and as you guys were doing things, like, we weren't getting crazy into the world. We got, like, we scratched a lot of surfaces, mm-hmm. but all the ideas were running 100 miles an hour in my head. Of course. That's how they do. <laughs> and when Brave New Worlds was hard to schedule, I was like, well, let's play in D&D. 
a Luxara game. And I've been able to, like, really explore all the ideas. It's awesome. Um, And I've mentioned on Twitter, but, like, the creatures they fought in last session that she's talking about that we won't spoil for you, those were created last April? Wow. Yeah. Or maybe earlier? Mm. Um, When Brave New Worlds was, like, maybe one session in? And I didn't even know if they would ever even come up in Brave New Worlds. (laughs) <laughs> Which they probably won't. They didn't, and they probably won't. Um, but I didn't actually get to use them until a couple weeks ago. So I was sitting on those for almost a year. <laughs> I feel like you're the kid in the candy store. You're like, pop, you're like, I'm, yeah, I'm I was so that. excited. <laughs> and like, they when, were great too. They were awesome. When they did the thing, terrifying, but awesome. With the thing, <laughs> Michael was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> This is what I wanted! <laughs> All you your know, dreams come true? Backslash redacted. <laughs> but I was so excited. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed running that. That's been a great game. I'm glad game. you guys have liked it. That's been a great game to play. I think with the small group we have, and who knows if... Uh, we'll... There's some really great role-playing sessions in there, too. Yeah. Like, you guys will see the festival, yeah. which is like two, maybe two and a half sessions... The festival itself will probably be almost six episodes, but a lot of really fun stuff happens yeah. without any combat, with very little roles in general, but a lot of fun. I, I don't want to give anything away, no, but I'll, no ta- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it after. after it was a lot of fun. Great. It was awesome. Um, and as a player for that one, like I think we've got the right amount of people for it, just for now. I would like to get one more. I, I, would I know too, Michael I know. likes a bigger group. I know that uh, your sister, Erin, really wants to play, too. And now that her schedule is not as crazy, you know, hopefully that can happen. But we'll still be continuing to play Luxar throughout this year as well. Just, it's one of those ones that's That's our scheduling struggle right now. (laughs) We want to finish Curse of Stroud. We want to play Luxar. We want to get back to Brave New Worlds. And we want to give you guys one shots. We got this. We're going to do the best we can. (laughs) I'm going to be optimistic and say, we got this. (laughs) I will agree. But there aren't going to be any more promises made <laughs> until they're in folders. On the computer. <laughs> we're going to use the, the lessons of last year to uh, yeah. slow slow build our momentum and we know our crazy stay season. ahead. I mean, we've gotten ahead in terms of stuff to give you, which is yeah. really good, and we yeah. have plans to stay ahead, but. You we're, we're not going to overjump our bounds with plans yet. Yeah, you just we're, uh, we're going to keep that to ourselves and not let you stare at the horrible crossed out X red calendars that we have. I don't want to talk about those calendars. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not the only ones with them, but no. And so, on the note of Luxara, though. Love it. It's a great system. We might get some more players hopefully involved in it, which would be really great. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that happens, but it's definitely one of the ones that we are going to try desperately to continue throughout the year. It's just one of, it's become one of the main ones. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, me too. Super great. And as I get better with planning like mini adventures and arcs and sessions Mm -hmm. and stuff, like we could even like, Oh, there's a ton Jack more plays Curse of Strahd in New Brave New Worlds, but maybe we could get him in for, excuse me, two sessions? Yeah. One session? Yeah. A couple episodes? And who knows, hopefully maybe with the holidays and that year of 
tragedy over, uh, we might be able to get my campaign off the ground this year, which would be great. But again, that's just another game to add to the list. And trust mm -hmm. me, there's plenty of games on our list. <laughs> there's a lot. Maybe maybe we'll talk about the games we're thinking about playing this year at the very end of this. Yeah. For a couple minutes. So, um, for now... Is that everything we played this year? Yeah, that's everything we played this year. Is there anything else? Gamma World, which we never finished. No. Uh, we played 4th edition Gamma World briefly. It's on Now you remember dice. it. When I was making the list, I you told you I would remember it before I asked. This. I asked you. <laughs> I warned you. I asked a couple times. I love the Gamma World <laughs> setting. I love it using the 4th edition rules because as I've talked to other people on Twitter about 4th edition is a very high-powered rule set. Easily reskinable. Easily reskinable to a superhero game. Put that I could see that. To put that in people's ears. It's a very high-powered rule set. Um, Gamma World was fun. Uh, we just... Time and planning and... <laughs> you know, I all mean, those things that happen with well, every game. I mean, <laughs> what the blog and the podcast were one year ago today right. <laughs> were... A microphone and an idea and a very baby pod, uh, blog, and it's now... It's not cute. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of changes very quickly. So, we never finished Gamma no, World, but it was fun. And I, I would like to play an adventure in that again, because I, I love... It's... The only word I can think of is zany. It's a yeah, silly, I would agree. crazy... That's a great word to describe that game, actually. It's meant to have fun, you know? Yeah. I... Say we add it to the never-ending list of games that of we course. have to play. And it's all up there. It's all... <laughs> is it? Because I asked you. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Do you need me to write it's, it on the list? It's all I'm gonna, up here. I'm going to write it on the list real quick. I didn't say it was organized. I just said it was there. That's that's why I'm here, isn't it? Like, that's, that's what you've told me. <laughs> How many notebooks do you have? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Um, so on that note, um, I think we should just take a little break to go to the bathroom yep. and do that we'll kind of thing. We'll take a quick break. Our break will be a few minutes long. You get music for 30 seconds or so, and do, 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 do. No, oh, I'm going to no. play real music. Oh, for okay. Her. I didn't know if we were recording nope, that, too. <laughs> nope, I'll, I'll, I'll play real music for you folks for about 30 seconds, real and music. we'll come back in a few minutes to talk about our favorite resources from the past year, as Aaron... Makes a squeaky noise Shut on the your chair. Shut your face. <laughs> After giving me so much guff about it. The one time you did it throughout the entire session. We're going to move on. <laughs> hit, hit pause, okay? <laughs> we'll be right we'll back. We'll see you guys in two minutes. <laughs> which Aaron is obviously very excited I'm to do. I'm super pumped. Right. Now that I've welcomed our listeners oh, back, why don't thank you... Thank you. I'm the bad guy. You're the best. Why, not, why doesn't the villain tell us... <laughs> the no. villain? I mean, if you want to be the bad guy, you might as well go villain. What happen to me? All right. Don't be a minion. Be a villain. 
So does that make you a minion? No. Yes. <gasps> I'm the super villain and you're my minion. No, right. I'm like that weird guy off to the side. I'm not sure if he's a villain or a hero. I don't know he about just, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know about me either. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, first resource that I really wanted to mention um, was Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. Uh, in short, if you're looking it up, that's sfwa.org. They have some amazing things on there that are just super helpful. Not even just for writers. If you're just trying to get inspired for a D&D campaign or you have questions about certain well, things, they've got some great resources on let's, their site. Let's be honest. Even if you're not writing books, for real. if you're a dungeon master or a game master, or you're a not playing D&D, you're a writer. You have to be. Straight up. Um, even if you're running pre-made games, there's so much improv. You have You, you are, on some level, a writer. So, this yeah. is one These of those resources for you. Writers' resources <laughs> are good resources for you, and, and I need to add this to my bookmark list because it's it's really got a lot to I'm it. So far behind on the writer game, it's not even funny. <laughs> um, something I will mention too before we get too far into the resource okay. list is also like this resource list is not just for DMs, it's not just for writers, it's a collaboration of if you just want to be inspired in any way, if you are a creative mind of any kind, these are some good resources to have, and not only that, but they aren't just geared, like I said, towards a writer, towards a DM, there's just... Well, a couple of them are very A couple of them, RPG yes. specific. A however, you but can yeah, also I mean... browse them as, as none of those things if you just like to be creative in oh, any yeah. way. But... That's all I'm going to say. As, it's just as a general As GMs, rule. we are creators, so don't yes. limit yourself to GM resources. Correct. Look to creator resources. So mm -hmm. some of these are very general resources. A couple of them are very geared towards us, the, the tabletop role players. And don't be afraid to look at them, though, if you're not a tabletop also, role player. Also, <laughs> everything is a resource. That's basically the point. When of it comes to <laughs> everything is a resource. Everything is a resource. So now we're going to move past that. Everything is a resource. <laughs> and where else would we like to go? Well, science fiction and fantasy writers in America. One of the reasons I first actually looked into them was mm -hmm. because I was looking for um, how to do world building. Yes. I I self-proclaimed writer. Um, I've been trying to write a book for a while. I love to write. I love to edit. If you have something you want me to read, I'd be happy to. She's a writer. I'm, I'm a writer. She has written things. You are a writer. <laughs> Whether you accept it or not. <laughs> oh, I accept mm -hmm. it. I said self-proclaimed. <laughs> that's kind of not accepting, kind of. Yeah, Other people see you as a writer. <laughs> I'm important. <laughs> exactly. Don't denounce yourself. Oh, okay. Um... I was looking at it more specifically uh, from a standpoint of I had a bunch of ideas floating around in my head and I really wanted to try to come up with some sort of framework to get it down on paper for a book that I was writing. And I just did a word search. Yeah, it's just so broad in my head. And, you know, those I just, ideas pop around. Uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. Oh, you brain grip it. <laughs> it's a those, flaw and a blessing. <laughs> those of you who have not seen The Librarians, you'll get that reference if you watch it. <laughs> also, Cassandra, great show. <laughs> Cassandra has like this mental holographic 
system Don't. where she oh solves God, things. I wish and I had that's that. how I create things. And it has its benefits. I wish I could do that. It also has its flaws. <laughs> as I reference Aaron for specific notes that I forget to take myself because <laughs> I'll remember them for sure. <laughs> I will totally remember that. So what were we talking about? Exactly. <laughs> um, so I found uh, the list there and I started to peruse the site and the site itself has so much good information on it. And there's actually a few writers on there too that deal specifically with games and gaming and RPGs and tabletop and everything. It's just, it's amazing. There's some really great resources on there. I could talk forever because that site is very, very involved. There's a lot to it. I'm not going to because I think you should. We have a lot of resources. Yeah, we got a lot of resources to get to, but also it's just one of those sites that you. I highly recommend because it's got a for yourself. Yeah, it's got a plethora of information on it. So Good. check it out. I'm it's gonna check it. it out next week. I think you should. Um, another thing that I actually found in terms of my world building um, when I was doing it was another site, and it's um, if you type in world building checklist, you can find it that way. Um, but it's on, off of on Google. On Google, yes. Um, it's also on, um, Arcadia.net. And, uh, when we did the search, if you do Arcadia world building checklist, it'll be like one of the top three results on Google. So, and I love this list because it's a really good list. It's a long list. There's a lot to it, but I love this list because you can take what you want from it. Or you can add things, or it might give you ideas for other parts that you weren't even thinking about for your world, whatever you're thinking. The pieces you forgot. Exactly. And just What are you missing? Exactly. There it is. And to give you an example, like, it just, as a basis, starts off and it says, you know, things world have. It goes through economy, government, um, the land itself, you know, um, crime, what happens with crime. You know, it it just gives you all of the details, and it breaks it down into each section. It's incredible. And it's got some very basic things that could be overlooked. Um, yeah, which, which I love about I it. tried to get into a little bit on Brave New Worlds, but, like, just to present some flavors, like diet. Yeah. Like regular common dishes, um, but also, like, fashion and dress. You can yep. really differentiate regions of your world RP-wise by, like, you know... The fashion of this town is top hats, but over here they wear large flowing robes and right. bald heads. Like, it's very small, but if you mention it, and then later you mention a bald-headed man with flowing robes somewhere else, they're like, oh, he's he's from... That region. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I love the list, too, because it breaks it down. And not only does it give you the general stuff, but like if you look at economy, for example, it has specific questions questions for you. Like as an example, it asks you, um, are like, are there banks? Is money just regular, like gold, silver? Do you have your own currency? Um, I probably am going to pronounce this incorrectly. I apologize, but it does also ask about like fiat money. Like if it's, um, uh, fake currency almost um you know how easy is forgery like things that you just normally wouldn't necessarily think to ask yourself it gives you so many good questions 
And again, you don't have to go through the whole list. You don't have to take everything. I find this list really, really helpful for my campaigns. I love it for my campaigns. I've also used it for some of my books, too, that I've written. Or I'm still writing. <laughs> That's the truth, maybe. The nice thing is but it's that awesome. there's so many questions that you only have to answer two or three to really start to define an area. Exactly. And then the more time you spend either in your book or your game in that area, the more of the questions you can begin to answer and the really flesh the the more fleshed out it becomes. And I mean like I haven't used these questions as a specific guideline in Lexara, but just looking at them, I know I answered very specific ones first. Like right. Luxara has one city left and is run by a council mostly run by major guilds. Like, right. That answers a couple of the questions on here. Off the bat, yeah. Um, and not that you guys have gotten into it, but it wouldn't be a big secret. But um, other, what about other powers? Old and noble lineages are still a power there and on the council and actually very hesitant about guilds and very disgruntled about the way things are now. Mm-hmm. Um, that might come into play, but that's definitely something I thought about, and it's probably one or two of... covers one of the two of the questions in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's other questions in there that I haven't even answered that the players will ask me about, and I'll be like, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I that's going to happen anyways, but yeah. this is a great... It's, it's such a good list of questions. I mean, just as an example of one of these, like, one of the subjects is meeting and greeting. A question on here. Is there a special I am not armed gesture for wizards or others with dangerous abilities? Perfect question. These are really good um, current example of that. Okay. Um, really basic example, but in the latest Pokemon game, Sun and Moon, mm-hmm. um, they've taken a really different tact with the story, the region, and the way things work. But one of the major ways they present that is one of the first things they introduce to you is that everyone in the region says Alola and does a specific arm gesture. Okay. Um, and it's based off Hawaii, so it sounds like Aloha for okay. a reason. But it's Alola, hello. All right. And goodbye. And when you talk to random people, they will do that arm gesture and they'll say that. And that's never happened before. And it's it's very subtle, it's very small, it's pretty much meaningless mm-hmm. but it's there and it's it's flavor and it makes you know and feel like you're in a new place doing new things yeah um and it, it's simple stuff like that that this points out that you can really you can use to oh, your yeah. advantage yeah and i i know nothing about pokemon i apologize i don't <laughs> Don't give, me, yeah, yeah, don't give me your shame. <laughs> Great game series. But, uh, like, that's a perfect example of, like, something small that, that can make a big difference. And, oh, more uh, apropos. Critical Role. Oh, there you go. When they went to Marquette. Yes. It was, um, Be Pleased. Be Pleased. Um, which is really funny because... Uh, Matt didn't reveal how much usage it got and who used it with each other. That was kind of something we as an audience got a feel for. Yeah. But the group kind of overused. Of course. Um, and it was great. 
But that's it's a, a affectation that has stuck with the group and their interactions <laughs> and has made Marquette memorable as somewhere different. Just it's two words. Yeah, that's it. Um, but it's 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 a great way of doing things. I mean, it's yeah. just very simple questions and very simple answers that you can use to really yeah. drive home defining characteristics of areas. And I mean, again, this list is it was a great find for me. I I loved it. It's awesome. Um, and it's actually um. At the top of it, it does say uh, CRV's D&D Reading Room. So it's specifically geared if you're looking to make a D&D campaign. But like I said, I've used it for writing and everything in, the, everything in between. It's for creating. It's for creating. You're creating a culture. It, oh, and These it goes, are the questions you need to answer. As, and just so that you know, like economy, government, the land, society and culture, magic and science. It goes through religion, so much. Fashion. So much. It's just a mean yeah. little... And I say little. It's not a little document. It's, no, it's if got you print it out on paper, that's about uh, forty. Forty pages. 40. I was gonna say twenty-five, thirty, but it's more. Yeah. And um, I, I printed it one because I could for free. We won't talk about how. <laughs> they know. If you guys work somewhere, you guys are printing. if you're and not, you if you're not already doing it. <laughs> 40 page documents <laughs> on your work printer. Um, don't, if you're gonna get fired, don't do it. That's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying you should do things that are get you in trouble, but I mean, if you can get away with it, you know, I mean, it's all legal till the ref sees it, am I right? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> But it's a great resource. Yeah, the reason I printed absolutely. it out too was because I go through it nonstop. I, I, I like having physical resources. I do too. I, I'm not a, I like as much as I love paperless and the internet and like creating my own word docs and everything. If I can get an actual physical copy, I like to. I love I'm not. That. I'm that old school person who loves to have the feeling of a book in my hand. I, yeah. I can't. <laughs> That's just who I am. <laughs> well, heaven forbid the smell of an old book. Oh my god, my favorite. <laughs> What's our next resource? So check out those two for world building checklists, yes. and also check out that first one, sfwa.org, for a bunch of other resources for sci-fi fantasy. It's yeah. worth it. Um, the next one that I wanted to mention, and I know that you did too, was Incarnate. Yeah. So I learned about this only a couple months ago. Um, normally, I draw my own maps. And I tr I've tried to change the style over the years, kind of, and, like, play off other people's styles. Mostly black and white maps. Um, but I only have so much time to do maps. And I'm yeah. only so sketch-inclined <laughs> in my artisticness um, that I don't really have enough time to practice it as much as I'd like. Like, I would mm -hmm. like to get a nice sketch. And I think I could if I took the time, especially with all the tutorials that are out there. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I've linked some on the blog. You should definitely check those out, um, too. Those are great resources, there are some, too. There's some great video ones. There's some great mm -hmm. blog ones. Um, and just general mapping sites that'll teach you how to, like, shadow properly and light source properly and different ways to do mountains and make them mm -hmm. look natural and different styles. Um, but I just, I haven't had the time to practice, um, 
And incarnate is a very nice way if you just want to sit down. I'm not saying you're going to have a short amount of time to do this. Mm -hmm. It took me, I think, three hours, four hours to do the Luxara map. Mm -hmm. You can't... But But because it was a tool set and a program, free, by the way, Yes. I came up with a pretty good-looking natural coastline... Uh, highlights of the forests and the different areas and colored and able to be printed Luxara map without practicing a lot of techniques for hours after hours to get the map I wanted. Right. It's it's a fantastic tool. Mm -hmm. The only downfall is that once you see an incarnate map, you know an incarnate map. Yeah. But I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't either, personally, but some people might. Yeah. Um, I I loved it. I love what it was able to do, because I I could erase stuff that I messed up, or Mm -hmm. play around with different uh, terrain color schemes, and decide, you know, what I wanted to do, without doing it all in pencil, and then praying that I inked it properly. (laughs) Because I remember when I did my Atlas on that the first time, I actually... My copy of my Atlas on map is like a copy, like a literal copy, because I was so tired from doing it and wanted to just quickly finish it up when I wrote Atlasan at the top of the map. I dyslexiaed it and switched two of the letters around and actually yeah. had to take a piece of paper, write it again, put it over put it, it over <laughs> it, and then photocopy it. Oh boy. Um because of two letters that were switched <laughs> in permanent ink. Incarnate is a great tool because it's, again, I mean, not that it's the best selling point, but for some it might be. It is free. It's great because it's free. It is a little bit clunky at times. I found, I don't know if you found that too, but I, um, I find like, like deleting and learning. having, there's yeah, a little bit of a learning curve. There is. And, but like deleting certain features or going back, like that can be kind of a pain just for myself. I found that, you know, I haven't looked at it as much as you have either, but who knows that could change. I mean, the, probably the first two hours I used, it was learning, um, the, it's probably not the right term, but the pen size mm-hmm. of creating land and deleting land. Mm-hmm. And deciding and figuring out the steps to take to make a, j- a basic outline and then to make it more natural right. and just jagged enough. I mean, uh, th- most of that time was mm-hmm. coming up with an outline and practicing that. A lot less of the time was placing mountains yeah. and making it look pretty. And, and again, I haven't had as much time on it as yeah. you have. But if you're new to it, you know, definitely still give it a chance because I'm still going to go back to it because it's an awesome resource to have. And I love, I'm a very visual person. I love making maps, but sometimes I don't have the time to hand do one. I just don't. <laughs> so yeah, having that is so helpful. And I can't wait to share one for my campaign. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a self-taught learning curve. Yeah. I mean, that's... But if, but if that's not your bag either, there is the Cartographer's Guild. and oh, They have so many maps. They have so many maps. But it's beautiful. That, that beautiful, you're, you're beautiful You're still maps. also, for that, you're looking... If you're not going to just use one of their maps... Right. Which you can't just take and use for a supplement you're publishing. Right, right. Um, don't do that. That's, that's a no. And mean to artists. Um, 
but is a good place to look for artists to hire to do yes. your maps. Um, they also have tools and brushes for Photoshop in the forums. Uh, there are a lot of great artists with a lot of good tutorials, suggestions, yes. experiences. It is, if you're looking to get into drawing your own maps or finding someone to hire to draw your maps, it is the RPG map making community. It's the best. And it's not just a resource, it's a community. Yeah. Um, definitely go there. So there, I mean... But if you want to make your own, yeah. Incarnate is a fantastic place to start. Right, and it depends on how you want to do it. That That's yeah. two very different options for you, but they're both wonderful resources. Yeah. They're perfect. But speaking of guilds, he's got the DMs guild too, that we're going to uh, mention. <laughs> my personal favorite blessing of 2016. <laughs> like, just as we are getting into shoving are my own passion and involving you guys in this podcast and this blog, the DMs Guild comes out. And, like, I remember the open game license from 3.5, but I was I was a noob and I was a high schooler. And, <laughs> you know, I didn't have uh, that grandiose of ideas <laughs> yet. And then 4th Edition came out and really revitalized my DM aspect of things and I really got into it and I started to get involved in the community but that was a big leap in mm -hmm. and I didn't really take that leap in until I created this blog so you know that took almost 10 years to actually dive into this community um and I wanted to create things to share with you guys um and never really thought about publishing it and that was like a fever dream but then the DMs Guild and new OGL comes out, and it suddenly becomes a very possible reality. Mm -hmm. It's just so awesome. And now, Patrons of Power... The no longer war a fever dream. <laughs> Patrons of Power, the warlock archetypes that I just had ideas about, I went, I made, I learned it, some basic InDesign. It's a silver bestseller now. Mm-hmm. And I hope it turns into a gold bestseller over time. Please buy it, thanks. Uh, <laughs> shameless self-plugging. But like, it was <laughs> it was so perfectly timed because it's like not only can I now we're doing blog, we're doing podcast, but now I can actually like get into publishing without reaching out to people and needing things. Like I have mm -hmm. some art I can rely on and I can teach myself some InDesign, but I have a platform for which to begin my inroads into mm -hmm. the publishing community as well as the and community at large. And you don't have to use it for that reason either. There's Well, the resources like, there yeah, are incredible. The published resources that you have at your disposal on the DMs Guild is ridiculous. I mean... You can find... I, I would, the ones I would, I would almost want to say mention, anything on there. Yeah. <laughs> the ones I would want to mention, you can probably just find looking at like the top sellers. Like there's yeah. a, there's a fifty or sixty page Oriental guidebook that has come out that is really cool. There's an epic level handbook that's come out. Uh, there's a bunch of classes and uh, class archetypes that have come out. It's and some other basic resources. I mean, but there's other cool stuff on there, too, which is not... I don't even think it's a copper bestseller. It might be now. Um, it should be. But it's like a two-page reference sheet with just some very basic rules on how to handle radiation in 5th edition D&D. &D. And it's like, 
no, that's not complicated. Anyone can come up with it. But this guy did it, and he made a two-page PDF out of it, and now you can get it for pay what you want. I love that. So throw the guy a dollar. It's so great. It helps them, and, and you're yeah, getting amazing I mean, resources for a dollar. Like, yeah. what? And, and you have them. You have it. Yeah. And that's it. So, I mean... As much as, as much as I love the physical copy... That is one of the best resources because it, it, it's a it's a library unto itself. And to be fair, if you're going, if you're not going DMs Guild and you want to go straight OGL, you're going to limit yourself a little bit more to the SRD mm-hmm. and not anything. But you can go drive through RPG and publish there. Yeah, drive through is really, and great. that'll give you print on demand as an option. So you could sell your stuff for print or buy stuff at print if you're on there. And I'm sure because a lot of the classic titles from the 80s are now print on demand. Like, we can get the original Tomb of Horrors print on demand now, I believe, um, among others. I'm sure they'll extend print on demand to the DMs Guild as an option eventually. I I mean, I'm not saying that with any authority. It just seems logical that that extension will occur. Mm -hmm. If not for every one for certain size documents or certain best-selling documents. It, it only makes sense that if people want to buy hard copies, it becomes an option. option. Yeah. I I have gotten so many good resources off of that. And, and not only that, but, like, I remember when I randomly decided to actually have my brother play D&D. I tricked him into it, but it was awesome. He loves it. And there are. If you ever need to get anyone to play, <laughs> yeah. and they don't want to do it by name, <laughs> trick them. It works. <laughs> I, I approve this message. <laughs> uh, I just needed something really quick, and I, you know, I don't have time for them to make characters, and they're not going to really understand it either, or they're they're not going to want to do it at all because I'm I'm forcing it upon my brother to like try. You know, I've got a game if you want to try it if you're open minded, and he ended up loving it. Awesome, good news, great things. But there's pre-gen characters on there. And I was just like, this is the level I need. These are what I need. These are your options. Perfect. Well, that's what we used to get Michael and Nicola into the exactly. game with Death House before Strahd. Was it's so they're hard. really interested, but let's not put them through the work. Let's give them a few options. Yeah. And get this, right into it. Yeah, and this is what you can do. Oh, when we say, you know, what's your you know, AC, this is where you look. And this is what it means. And, and I haven't looked. There's ten... 11, 12, some odd Watsi, Wizards of the Coast, made characters from level 1 to 10, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I can't promise it, but there has to be other ones that other people have made. Oh, absolutely. There has to be. <laughs> I um, don't I doubt that yeah, in any way. <laughs> so there's got to be options out there for you. Um, even if you're looking for a simple, simple, something as simple as that. Yeah. DM's Guild is a great resource to have because... Literally brand new last year. Yeah, because of how much it puts right at your fingertips and you can, you just have it. You have it forever. And it's, it's a new marketing path that takes what the potential third edition open game license had, mm-hmm. which, I mean, was a community problem. And I'm sure people who were more into the community back then than I were no more about. But, like, then it was just, like, bookstores throwing third-party book after third-party book on shelves and praying they sold. Right. 
Um, but now super good strategy. There's a specific sub community dedicated to developing creators, mm-hmm. content creators. So which I mean, is awesome. I love it. I, yeah, I'm so happy for it. <laughs> I'm so happy for it. Um, speaking of DMs and yeah. awesomeness. I think we should definitely mention Slack, because that's one of those things that yeah. is awesome. So, <laughs> shout out to Slack as a resource for anybody. Yeah, anybody at all. Um, you can probably find whatever you're looking for creatively on there at all. Or, or, or not even that. Well, here's the thing. It's a tool. It's yeah. a discussion tool uh, that allows you to make different chat channels. I mean, and it's very, it's almost a throwback, because like, chat groups were a thing in the 90s. Yes, finger quotes. But, like, Slack <laughs> is essentially a chat group program. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but it works really but well. But the idea behind it is that everyone now works at computers, whether you're in an office or you're, you know, across different countries or whatever. Um, the easiest, most... N- "Quote unquote natural way to interact with each other is via text." Yeah, and Slack provides chat channels once again for <laughs> us to do that with. Um, and we discovered it via the okay. DM support group, yeah, and which Twitter. was created, which was created via Twitter by at. Um, if we pronounce this wrong, we apologize. It's not necessarily at this, but if you. Do the search. It's uh, Lorador. Yes. L-O-R-A-E-D-O-R, I believe. Um, I don't think that's right. No? No, I don't think so. Look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. She's going to look it up. Um, but basically, he decided, I think it's a he, don't want to make any assumptions, um, decided, they decided that it would be a good idea to create a group for us to talk more easily. And we use Slack as the app for that. And this is the first time I ever used Slack. I'd seen commercials for Slack as a useful app. And the DM support group was created. And it has, in the past three months, it has just grown and grown and grown. And there are so many messages written there every day. And we have like 10 channels now. Um, because there were, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I think you're right. If you said it's L-O-R-A-E-D-O-R, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So you had it right. Sorry to interrupt, but yes, Uh, correct. So yeah, if you're interested, you can find him on Twitter. Them them on Twitter. I honestly don't know. Um, uh, you can find them on Twitter and if you just want to get a little bit more knowledge before you do that, you can go to, uh, I think it's just dmsguild.com. It might be the dmsguild.com. The dmsguild.com? Uh, not guild. I didn't think so. So DM support group. Sorry. Too many um, things rattling around in that brain of yours. <laughs> it's, it's a bookmark on my page. I, I never typed it into <laughs> The URL bar. That is the perfect way to describe your brain, I think. It's a bookmark on my page. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Do a Google search for the DM support group. Um, it's because great. Because 
Lorador created a website for us about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. About, I would say close to three or four. I think we have three or four articles now. We've started, I say we, I haven't contributed all yet to them because of the holidays. I hope to. Um, but there is two uh, article paths that are going right now, including um, various ways to prep. People are writing their own personal articles on how they prep sessions and campaigns. Yeah. And another one um, where various members of the DM support group are answering common questions about DMing and prep and playing games and stuff. Um, very basic, but, you know, useful information. It's, the, it's a community of DMs talking to each other. And it's grown so fast. Oh yeah, and on top of that too, for for that group, I love the fact that it's like we mentioned, it's a chat. So I can just go on there underneath whatever tab I decide. Say it's a resource, and just be like, "Hey guys, and find you... out you're a thousand messages behind." Oh god, I am. I did holidays, people. Holidays. Yeah. Um, it's a tough time. It's not a tough time for Rat King Row. He got out an adventure and two random tables on. A... DMs Guild. I, God among men. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Anywho. Some people are rougher than others. Don't let that go to your head, by the way. Anywho. Uh, it's one of those things where I can just go to the resources, you know, and, and, and ask a question. Be like, hey guys, I'm looking for this. Where can I find it? Any ideas? I'm, I'm looking for something really cool, really unique. This is what I'm thinking. Give me something. You know? And it's awesome. Everyone so far is a great community member. There is good feedback and constructive criticism. It's positive. It's positive, but it's not doting. I agree. Um, if there's something wrong with the way you're writing, like if you're if you're double spacing for a blog article, which you don't double space unless you're handing in a paper for college these days, <laughs> they'll tell you don't double space it. Yeah. But they'll tell it to you nicely. No one is mean to one another. No one says anything rudely. Mm. Um, if anything, they they approach things softly when they yeah. you know, they know they're going to give you a criticism. Right. But it's constructive criticism. It it's is done a, well. Yeah, it's a it's a it's supportive. It's a positive supportive group. Of like-minded individuals who know that, hey, like, we're all in this crazy ride to try to figure out our own universes. Let's help each other do that. <laughs> we're all trying to be the person to, <laughs> to drive the train of a D&D &D group when, with two to eight passengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and none of us know where the road goes. So we might as well call each other up and ask for directions. On, exactly. And every, it's, it's a fantastic group. So yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, please go look at it. Uh, yeah. Please join us. Please bookmark the website. Join our Slack group. Uh, yeah, whatever. Talk, talk to, and I'm, I always pronounce it Lorador, wrong. Lorador, I think. I think, think, think A-E is A, but like, Look, I'm not a linguist. Find, find find him or her on Twitter uh, and yeah. see if you know. Just ask about it, and yeah, I mean, so tweet yeah. tweet them at at l o r a e d o r. Just so we have that right, tweet them, direct message them, and uh, you'll pretty much get an invite to the DM support group. Yeah, if you're interested, please do it because yeah. it's worth it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um... you slack for your own exactly, yeah. collaborations because it's yeah. it's a fantastic resource. Yeah, and you can create your own domain too. That's what they call it. Yeah, it's a domain. Mean, it's, so it's something dot slack dot com, and yeah. you can invite various people to it. I yeah. mean, I'm using it to work on another project. Um, it's it's a good tool, but I guess our shout out to Slack became a shout out to the DM support group. But Which is totally shout fun. out to both. Yeah, <laughs> use both. No. To your advantage. Yeah, <laughs> um, something else that I had wanted to mention was TV tropes. What? What? Yes. <laughs> if you've never been I, in I the have rabbit that. hole that is TV tropes, <laughs> it is a rabbit hole of which I've suggested people dive into Do on the it. blog. <laughs> uh, TV tropes is another one of those. It's not necessarily, as an example, we were just talking about Slack. It's not necessarily like, oh, this is, I'm going to go to this resources tab and I'm going to be like, hey guys, I got a question for you. It's, I want to know about this. And it will give you (laughs) everything you really need to know about that one topic. So, and it's not just TV. No, it's not. And And I think that that's a misconception about it. It's not. No, but, I mean, TV, I think, is what created what we know as tropes. I would agree with that, um, though. And it, I, think I that's mean, it I mean. used to be called <laughs> cliches, but trope is a newer word, mm-hmm. as far as I know. <laughs> I, once again, scientist, not a linguist. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, tropes are effectively cliches, but they're a little looser. Uh, in my opinion, and they they spread throughout various genres and mediums. Um, you can have cliches that only work in plays and cliches that only work in like stories, mm-hmm. uh, but tropes really break that mold. Um, and the one I've been using to design a class is the cowboy cop. He's um, he's the guy who's got a lot of training. And he knows a lot, but he's got a little bit of a um, sad backstory, and he's a little crazy and a little uh, maverick, (laughs) and he does whatever the hell he wants to do, and he gets the job done, and you can't fire him, because he's the guy who's going to get the job done, and he hasn't technically done anything to get really fired over, Um, but that trope expands to comic books and like and i know that i know that you mentioned that you were using tv tropes for that specifically because it gives you the ability to look at who is one yeah who what it is um, like related tropes yeah um it helps you why the trope exists yes why different people are like personally and i think tv tropes is one of the reasons i came up with this but uh, Fox Mulder from the X-Files, mm-hmm. I consider a cowboy cop. He's not he's not John McClane no. or Mel Gibson in uh, Lethal Weapon, but he is a trained FBI agent. Yep. Check. He um, thinks he knows what he knows, <laughs> willing to do whatever he needs to for what he believes he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And will blindly run in doing it. I'll try. It, he is an investigative cowboy cop. Yes. Um, in my opinion. And, but, I mean, 
TV Tropes really is a platform to get into those intricacies and really learn, like literally scholastically. There are so many layers about the way we create things in stuff like TV and video games that mm. you know subconsciously because you can <laughs> call them out when you see them. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. But all the time. to really understand them as a thing, uh, TV Tropes is a fantastic resource, and it. It's a rabbit hole, if you've never been on it, it's a rabbit hole because you ask one question, it's a lot of fun, you get lost in it. You ask one one question and it gives you an answer, but within that answer there are links to other stuff, stuff. other categories, other uh, topics that that are still contained within the first question you asked. But you click on it and you get something else totally different. And that also has these links that you can click on. I mean, it's like someone calls a character a Mary Jane. You're like, well, what is a Mary Jane? Yeah, you there you go. Up, you ask that simple question. And what then is you a Mary look Jane? at the definition of Mary Jane and they're like, well, it's like this trope and this trope with a combination of this trope, but it's definitely not this trope. And then you're like, tell me more. more. <laughs> I want to know about what it's not. What is that not? What is this? <laughs> and then you're like, there's comic ones. I know comics. Give me comic examples so I can understand. And then you were literally... Oh my god, like, action movies are my favorite. I'm totally in that. But you learn a lot. Oh yeah, you do. And you really start to understand, wow, we, we create things very... There's a lot of reason to why we create things and a lot of links and... It's very interesting. Yeah. There's an interconnectivity to all of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. The web is woven. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so definitely check that out. It's a great, again, it's a rabbit hole, but it can be a really powerful resource just oh, yeah. in as as broad or as um, as a, defined as you want that yeah, to it's be. It's <laughs> another facet of what, we're cre- what we create yeah. as creators. Um that allows you to create better. If you mm-hmm. look at your own creations from a different facet, you're... Mm-hmm. It's good. It's a good one. I love, that ra- I love that rabbit hole. <laughs> I'd probably spend an hour on it. If not more. I f- before I walked away from the computer with still four tabs of it open. Exactly. The first time I looked into mm-hmm. it, yeah. So... I'm going to actually ask you to wheel over to the computer, because we're going to now talk about who the fuck is my D&D character. (laughs) Excuse excuse the chair rolling sounds. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about Um, the chair, folks. Who the fuck is my D&D character? Dot com. It's as simple a site as you could ever hope to have. (laughs) You, You go to it, and there's... So this is for... Three sentences? Yeah. This is the type of site for a multitude of players. So this is the site for... Bored people. For what? (laughs) Bored people. That too, yes. See, different types of people. Bored people. People who are looking to create a new character but have no idea what to play because they've played too many characters. Somebody who's a first-timer or maybe has played a few games but isn't even sure... Probably not a first-timer. That's dangerous to a DM. It could be really fun. It it could be dangerous, though. Excuse me, you want to play what? (laughs) I'm still going to say it, so it could be any type. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Warning. Warning. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. I'm I'm throwing that warning out. (laughs) It's fine. Heat it or don't. (laughs) Um, It 
can be for like, you know, you've played a few games where you're not sure what you want to play. It generates a character for you. It's amazing. So, we did a random one, and this is what it came up with. And the site sounds just like what it is. Exactly. So when you open it up, when you go to it, it randomly generates something for you. Yeah. But... There's nothing to click on, there's nothing that... It just... It it says something to the effect of, you think your character is cool? My character is a fucking... And then Insert it gives you generated. <laughs> the current one we have up now is my character is a fucking miserable half orc bard from a town where orcs are bought and sold as slaves who was once a dungeon trap designer. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be better served as an NPC. It's a really interesting concept. But that's a really cool character idea. Um, And then there's a, a, a link right below it that changes its phrasing um, to refresh the page and give you a new one. And right now it's like, that sounds fucking terrible. So You click gonna, on that and yeah, you get a new one. So we're going to click on it and we're going to see what else we get. And the next one is... I'm going to roll stats for a fucking prejudiced halfling sorcerer from a large desert metropolis who acts shallow, but only to hide their insecurities. Because <laughs> yes. why not? <laughs> because yes. <laughs> and if you don't like that, you can click on, I don't really give a fuck about that guy. <laughs> I mean, and it should refresh it and I get a this, different uh, generated, this, this <laughs> generated character. It's a great website. That's all it is. That's, that is literally all that is to this website at all. It gives you... One line about, okay, well, I'm going to roll, or I'm this fucking character, and then it gives you the actual character description, and you can roll with it or not. And you can click on the link below and continue on if you're just that bored, or if you don't like it, or whatever. But it's amazing, and it can come up with some really cool ideas. And as funny as they are, most of them, like, work. Like, who act shallow only to hide their insecurities. Like, that is a nice little personality trait that can really develop a character exactly. into something more. And that's all you need. People think they need to come up with huge backstories. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. All you need is that sentence. And a sentence with just enough. And these sentences are just enough. Some of them are hilarious, especially mm-hmm. when you start throwing in swears <laughs> and like just like Whatever language, like, I don't give a fuck language, but (laughs) the concepts are perfect little crystallized concepts for you to expand on as much as you want. Or as little as you want. I mean, it's really, a really useful tool hiding in armor of humor. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And hopefully... There'll be a character one day that I just randomly do generate for like that. I, I should I great. should create like a backup <gasps> list of NPCs yes. using it. You know, when I have some free time. And, that, and that's the other part of this too. If you're a DM, you I can should, use it I as should, a I should NPC just write an generator. article every now and then creating a couple characters based <gasps> on this. Do it. See, new ideas all the time, people. <laughs> what else we got? So so again, that one is who the fuck is my DD character dot com. And everything that we've talked about, don't don't worry. There will be links to what is linkable yes. in the comments. I'm going to do my best our, to create a link rant. for every single resource we talk about. Yeah. Even the physical ones will create links for where you can buy them from their publishers. Yeah. Or Barnes and Noble, whatever. 
And I will try to link all of them. Yes, and speaking of the ones that are viable and not necessarily a link for free or this or a that. A website. A website. Um, we're going to talk about some books now. And one of the first ones that we have to talk about is the Signs and Symbol book that you actually own. One of my and favorite I want purchases. To steal. <laughs> um, so I've mentioned it a couple times. And probably, like, a lot of times. Barnes & Noble has sections near, usually near their checkout. Or or not even, whatever bookstore, I, I know that there's, like, I mean, not to say, yeah, but there's, but like, Barnes a, and, a million and well, stuff like that. Barnes & Noble, as a chain, near their mm-hmm. checkout usually has cheap books. Oh my god, it's awesome. Um, specifically labeled for 2 to 10 to $15. Dollars. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they're like, oh, you know, $10 books, or oh, 50% off books, or, you know, members save 10% off these books. Um, or their sales sections, you know, 50% off these stuffs that we haven't sold. A lot of really good resources come Are hidden in there. <laughs> I mean, first of all, they have... They always have mythology books in those sections. They do. I love them. Um, I love all not of them. all of them are great. Uh, most of them are really good. Some of them are very specific. Some of them are very general. Mm-hmm. Um, Depends on what you're looking for. But almost all of them are worth the 2 to $10 you're paying for them. Versus the 15 or 20 that they are originally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, this reference book probably costs... I think it was $20. Yeah, $20 to $30, price. I would say. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time looking for it. But it is a 400-page. Uh, this one is paperback. There is a hardcover version. 400-page book. Uh, f- uh, it would be considered an encyclopedia. It's a reference book. The full title of this book, though, just so that you have it. Is the, okay, yeah, you ahead. can if you look on Barnes and Noble, you can find it. It's the illustrated signs and symbols source book. Uh, the copy I have um, is a newer version. Uh, it's by Adele Nozidar, N O Z E D A R. Um, but it breaks down into a couple chapters. But effectively, it gives you pictures and entries for. A lot of symbology. Uh, animals, numbers, colors, plants. celestial bodies, plants, gemstones, uh, symbols. Um, it, it goes through a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot here. And... It's probably one of the best source books I think we have. Or, well, I say we. It's yours. (laughs) It's just, it's so useful because it's very specific but very full. Um, I mean, I have a lot of mythology books that I've picked up from Barnes & Noble. And Barnes & Noble. And um, different ones are useful in various ways. And I usually use a variety of them when I'm looking something up. But this one specifically... If you need to know what a symbol means, or are looking for a symbol for something you have in mind, Mm -hmm. this is it. I mean... And on top of that, everything that's in there, you can tweak to be your own, which is great. Like, you don't have to use 
oh, this is this symbol. You can you can take that symbol as a base and change it up if you wanted to, or add or or subtract from it. Right. And and that goes for most of the of of what's in this book. You can take the idea and run with it. You know, I I was always told, you know, good artists create, great artists steal. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing about this book is like the stuff that is common among various right. cultures gets bigger entries and they also interweave so like just the page I'm on the fish entry uh the various words are bolded to highlight connections obviously it's connected to water um which is connected to the womb salmon are specifically important to the Celts um ichthys is a symbol um, for fertility and virility are very connected, but it also highlights the fact that in China, the fish is paired with the crane as a symbol of longevity. So that specific sentence could just lead you on a whole nother path of, okay, here, you know, I want to use the fish, but I don't know about the fish. Oh, I could use the crane instead. Uh, this book is full of stuff like that. And... And connecting various cultures, but also like yeah. giving you the other connections there without getting too deep into the mythologies that we generally think of. This is very symbol meaning specific. Yeah. And again, like most of the resources I feel that we have, you can take what you want from it, add what you want from it, you know, get rid of some things, but it's, it's, it's so broad in terms of, like, it's it's 400 pages. Like, there is a lot to go through in there. And if you're looking for, like, okay, you know what? I want to use a dragon, but I'm not sure how. Like, what do dragons really represent? Or, I don't know. Let, let me just take a look at yeah. it. You know what I mean? It, There's it's a whole a, entry on dragons. It's a great book resource yeah. to have. And, of course, as with most things, I'm sure you could Google search dragons and get a bunch of other things, too. But this you'll is have to parse out still, that information. Yeah, exactly. This is more streamlined. It's very specific. It's it's simple and to the point. <laughs> and it's a great resource. And I just figured out that Barnes & Noble has it for cheaper than I found it on Amazon. And that's something else I'm going to buy. All right. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, another book resource that I know that you wanted to mention yes. was uh, the Pathfinder um, Game Mastery Guide. Yeah. So I have a number of core rule books and Game Mastery Guides for various games, systems, editions. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about our games earlier. Let's, you know, uh, safe to say yes. Paizo's Game Mastery Guide for Pathfinder is probably the most useful one I have come across. Now, I personally have never gone through this particular book. The reason I like it is if, I mean, to just percentage-wise, if you take out the last 50 pages, 50 or 60 pages, okay. which are... NPC stat blocks. Okay. Thugs, rogues. Though, to be realistic, you could use just all those titles as ideas. Um, but they're all stat blocks, so they're obviously Pathfinder-specific. Right. Take those out. 
Alright. 90-95% of the rest of the book mm-hmm. mechanically does not matter. There are no mechanics in there. Um, the page I'm on right now, there is an entire page with 50 different um, names for sailors. Really? With descriptions. So, on this table, which is on page 218, if you roll on dice percentage a 9, you get Big Dill, the strongest dockhand in the world, said to have hill giant blood in his veins. There's an NPC for you. <laughs> no, Big Dill. <laughs> I don't care what system you're using, you can use that table. Um, this page is building chases. Oh, wow. Um, example progression of chases. Uh, cluttered rooftops, secret strongholds, can go to slippery, sloped roof, to clumbering, crumbling rooftop. And it gives you DCs for the skills in Pathfinder, but you don't need to use those. It has whole paragraphs on building up the chase, chase obstacles, running the chase. So do you remember when you were saying that, uh, SFWA needed to be on your list? Yeah, this is now on mine. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, disasters... It talks oh, wow, about. That's awesome. I mean, and it sorry, re- I can actually see the book. Yes, yeah, sorry. It relates it to Pathfinder specifically, but those are sentences within paragraphs yeah. and multiple paragraphs. So, volcanoes, lava, poisonous gas, tsunamis, undead uprisings. Um, there's just there's so much purgatory, limbo, hell. Um, types of dungeons. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of table. I there's mean, a just table, flipping through this, there's, there's a, a table of dungeon entrances. A well, a mine shaft, a rope bridge, a tavern cellar, a chimney. What is that for? Oh, wow. Just dungeon entrances. That's awesome. Uh, geography as a section. World building. Um. Yeah, I've never looked at this. There's book. also... That's awesome. Um, a full discussion on alignment and what alignment means. Free will versus non-free will with the gods. How loose alignment should be. Uh, there's a whole section on playing... One of the first sections is on playing the game and presenting the game. Music. You, the GM, as an actor. Forcing things. The illusion of free choice. Actual free choice. Uh, handouts and props. Lighting. Narrative techniques, foreshadowing, cliffhangers, cutscenes, cheating. Um, There's also full sections on different types of players and how to interact and play off of them and how to get them to interact with each other better. Um, Some of the 4th edition rulebooks did similar things, but I think this one is the most tight and concise and varied GM's guide I've seen. Just from that quick glance for myself, I guarantee there's that I can so use... There's so much insight. Well, there's so much insight, but I can guarantee I can use that for anything other yeah. than Pathfinder. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you, you can make that work. No problem. Without, <laughs> like, with your eyes closed, you can make half the book work. That's awesome. Without using Pathfinder. That's great. I yeah. love it. If I'm going to have to look more into it. Oh, man. It's one of my favorite just general go-back-to books. 
Oh it, God, it's yeah. worth the money for the tables. Right, exactly. I love, Let alone, love random table generators. Yeah. I love them. Let alone the discussions. <laughs> That's awesome. So, definitely look into that, because it's even from the skim that I just had, it's, first it's time, <laughs> That's, it's worth it. Um, so I did lie a little bit. There is one other resource that <gasps> is a link. Oh no, I'm the worst. I yeah. But I'm still important. Anywho. The lists. <laughs> well, I forgot that because I, I thought it was a book to begin with, and then it's you told important. me that. <laughs> I'm the villain. Got it. Okay. So, <laughs> Peter's Evil Overlord List, which you forgot about, and it's your resource that you wanted to mention. That's all I'm going to say. Forget about it. Yeah? You didn't? Uh-huh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so. This is a really cool resource. It's a it's a very specific resource. It's one page on a fairly old website. Um, old enough that on one of the suggestions is that you pad a, uh, a save <laughs> file to be a certain size so it's like hard to sift through the data. That size is about one and a half megs. <laughs> you know, like the time of floppy disks. Yeah, like we a tenth of yeah. what you can fit on a CD. All right. <laughs> you know, like a bajillionth of what you can fit on a DVD. Uh, I, th- I think that that's one of the only ones on this list that don't really show the age. <laughs> yeah, of the, but Peter's evil. Overlord list, which you can find just by searching for that. Mm-hmm. It's a list of a hundred things that you need to do when you become an evil overlord. I'm the villain. I should read it. <laughs> you should. Indeed. If you don't want to be defeated. I mean, I've already read a few of them, so I can get. I got a leg up. We all know that villains, overlords, whatever they are, have the bad guy <laughs> inherent flaws. Yeah. For example. <laughs> the monologue. <laughs> the dreaded monologue. There's these flaws that they just insist on doing. Let me tell you my whole plan right now, since I have you kept. Let me give you 20 minutes to find a way to escape while I tell you all of my plans, so that during that 20 minutes you can not only escape, but counter my plan. <laughs> while I act <laughs> super surprised. <laughs> but... He takes and looks at those things and creates a list of 100 things that you need to do as an evil overlord to specifically not screw yourself over. Which is great. Like, very simple things. Like, don't gloat. Just (laughs) kill the motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And be done with it. (laughs) When you steal the princess, just fucking marry her. Marry her right away. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, don't invite the hero to rub it in his face I'm gonna and then tell him also your plan. <laughs> it's going to be a big affair that guy's invited so I can rub it in his face and it'll don't do destroy that. me. <laughs> but it's basically a list of a hundred things that, one, you can take your villain and go, okay, these are his flaws and these are not his flaws. Mm-hmm. And you can flaunt the lack of flaws to people who expect cliches and they'll be like, <gasps> how do we deal with this villain? He's not monologuing at us. <laughs> or. Well, why are you here? What are you. Do? He's not talking back. Oh, God, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. But it also gives you a nice list of, okay, what will be the flaw in my villain? Yeah. Um, it is a very. It's a very insightful 
it's it's almost a joke, but it's a very yes. insightful list of something we kind of take for granted as a cliche now, um, and gives you a real a nice fulcrum from which to choose specific flaws for a villain and specific denial of expected flaws. <laughs> which, of course, now that we've mentioned it, you can totally look up on TV tropes like, what not to do as a villain. Exactly. However, <laughs> this exactly. list is great because it was done... Do you even know when it was done? Like, I know it was a long time ago. But do um, I don't know specifically. Roughly? We could probably... I don't think it says on the webpage, but we could probably look in the yeah, data. I'm sure. Um, but... However but long it's, ago it's, it was I think then, it's over ten years old. It's, yeah, I would I would assume. I want to say late nineties, early two thousands. That was good. I was gonna sure. say nineties. Um however, it's still a relevant list because of what it talks about. And it's and it's got some good humor to it, and it's good, and he's gonna wheel over right now. Apologize for the wheelie chair. And we're gonna read you some of the stuff off of the list because it's worth it. So thirty two. Thirty two. <laughs> Randomly number thirty two. I will not fly into a rage and kill a messenger who brings me bad news just to illustrate how evil I really am. Good messengers are hard to come by. <laughs> you damn straight. <laughs> Don't kill employees. <laughs> if my trusted lieutenant tells me legions of terror are losing a battle, I will believe him. After all, he's my trusted lieutenant. <laughs> Disbelieve him and not run away to fight another day. Like the villains go, no, we're fine, and they lose. Um, um, what one, were... of my, one of my favorites was, "I will not turn into a snake." It never helps. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Um. Oh, my noble half brother, whose throne I usurped, to will be killed, not kept anonymously imprisoned. In a forgotten cell of the dungeon. Oh, so but you can escape it, somehow and, and take yeah, back his exactly. kingdom. <laughs> Don't steal a throne and then leave the rightful heir alive. That's just stupid. I will not gloat over my enemy's predicament before killing them. Hello, villainy 101! <laughs> <laughs> None of them survive long enough to teach the class. I know. <laughs> but that's that's the glory of this list. It's It's a very simple thing. It's very funny. It's very entertaining. But... It's useful as a writing tool. Yeah. Because the hero is not entitled to a last kiss, a last cigarette, or any other form of last request. Yes, no. <laughs> That's how they win. <laughs> great resource. Funny, but also actually has great context to yes. it. Take a look at it. Definitely. And I apologize. That was another link. We will put that with the others. I apologize. Links for Villain. Days. I'm the villain. Villain, I'm going to teach the class. <laughs> villain 101. I'm the worst I'm villain. I'm sorry. <laughs> you all passed the class, but you all die. <laughs> it's gonna be great. All right. Um, lastly, I think something that we both just wanted to mention, um, authors. And as we mentioned in yes. the beginning, everything can be a resource. I get inspirational tons of uh, inspirational resource. I get tons of inspiration from movies, books, anything. Mm. Every, Play video games, uh, read books, it, oh read my comics, God. watch movies. Absorb, absorb, and then, you know... There's Cthulhu to consider. But anywho, <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> writing alone. You can't be a good writer without reading. Absolutely You can't be not. a good DM without stuff. Whether it's reading, movies, TV shows, mm -hmm. video games. Preferably all of them. 
the more diversity, the better. But if you prefer one of the o over the other, use it. Absolutely, Let it inspire yeah. you. Steal bits and pieces. Oh my god, I love it all. I I love. You're DMing. You're not. If yeah. You're, if you're not publishing, steal it all. Like I said, great artists steal. Yeah. Anywho. What I was going to say really quick as a snippet, even though I'm not going to talk about it, I, even though it's hor like, some movies are really horrible, like, there's a lot of sci-fi fantasy movies out there nowadays. Those are the best movies. Uh, some of them are not done well, though. Three-headed shark attack. <laughs> you really got to try? We're not, we're not going to get into this. No, I, I, we were looking for a horror movie on Netflix the other day, and let me tell you, the, the selection is a, a vague, a bit limited. <laughs> However, even some of the worst movies have some good ideas. They're just not done well. I saw a post. Someone made a Sharknado for their campaign. Mm -hmm. They made a mini. They took some little shark toys. <laughs> they shook some cotton and a little bit of wire, and they made a Sharknado. <laughs> it sounds silly. That it's is from awesome. a silly movie. I guess it was one of the best sessions they've ever done. That's terrifying, and like legitimately, actually, <laughs> it makes way more sense in D and D than in yeah. Just... So yeah, just do that shit. Just read, watch movies, figure out why you like things, mm -hmm. and utilize that information. Like, think about why you enjoy something. Mm -hmm. What intrigues questions. you yeah. about it? Like, um, obviously, do things just because you like it. But if you want to use it to create. Start thinking about why. Wh why do you watch that bad movie twice a year, every year? You know? Right. <laughs> Even though you know it's garbage. And you watch it all why? the way to the end every time. Why, <laughs> why is this 30% rated movie watched by millions of people regularly? Right. Why? There's a reason. And that reason translates. So. Learn from it. On that note... The authors we like. The authors that we like. Go first. I am probably only going to mention two. Okay. Because they're my top favorite. Mm -hmm. And I am in love with both of the series that they have done. Because there are, I think, at least ten, if not twelve, books in each series. And I know I am into at least one of them. Yes, you are. <laughs> and the other one, I told you about and you need to get on it. It's on my list. I know. It's on... That, that tab that you have open in your brain. <laughs> I really need to learn that word by heart. First one is Kim Harrison. Yes. The Hollows. The Hollows, yes. I love those books. It is one of the... It is one of the only fantasy books, to me, that seems the most real. As if it could potentially happen. It's set in... Uh, the contemporary. Contemporary, yes. It's contemporary setting, and it explains why magic is a part of the world, and why, you know, werewolves exist, and everything. Okay. And it's and it's really well done and well-crafted. And the characters are great. I love... James. Oh my god, he's my favorite ever. If you don't understand who he is, you need to read it, because it's awesome. And it's... Now <laughs> Kim Harrison is one of those authors where their books often have, like, suggestive covers. Yes. So people don't necessarily grab them. When you them. pick them up, your first assumption might be there's going to be a lot of smut in here. And there's not. There's not. I mean, there's a little Some. bit. 
There's a little bit. And it's far and few between, though. Yeah, it's just not overwhelming. And nothing that you would expect from the cover. And honestly, I think what really did me in... There's two things that really got me reading this book. I'm so happy that you've actually read this series. You never told me about them until after... I feel like I did, but maybe you just didn't believe me. I don't know. I don't think we talked about it until I mentioned them to you and you were like, Oh my god, you're reading them. (laughs) Because I've read them all! (laughs) Um, One of my ex-girlfriends mentioned them to me, and her dad read them. And he's not, like, super nerd type, so I was like, okay. You know, they, they gotta... They, Don't give it a well, shot. Well, I mean, they can't be, like... They gotta be pretty good if, like, someone who's not super into supernatural stuff is reading them. Yeah. The other thing was when I looked into them, all the Western movie name references in the titles mm-hmm. really struck a chord. thought that was really clever, really mm-hmm. awesome. I was like, you know what? All right. And it was all downhill from there. And just kept reading them. Because they're really good. I love... There's great character development in them. I'm not sure what book you're in the middle of currently. Uh, there is great character development. Because there's like short-term character development and long-term character development. Exactly. And not in between. Like, it doesn't confuse the two. Like, exactly. She does a good job of containing the story... But also creating a bigger world, a bigger development of the character over time. Like, you can see, like, Rachel. You can see. Main character, Rachel. The main character is Rachel. You can see her, her change in a book. Exactly. But you can also see her change over three books. Exactly. Um, without getting it too confused or without, like, going crazy. Without, ma- it. yeah, without it's... making it seem like it's not possible so, either. Like, oh, that I didn't actually I haven't finished not real. or caught up with this series. I read one maybe every four to six, eh, no, three to four months, three to five months. But I can pick up the next book. And the way she writes it is she reminds you about stuff that happened before. So, yeah. like, if you read them back to back to back, it might get a little pandemic. Uh, pedantic mm-hmm. but you know catching up reading one every couple months it's like it's really good because you're like oh yeah and yeah and, oh god what about yeah, that problem like, i totally it, it helps you get back into <laughs> it um so i mean i can only imagine reading it as it came out like once every few months or once a year because like she just does just enough building off the last book reminding you of the last book and assuming you know what she's talking about, that you, like, you really get into it. It's awesome. It's, it's well done, yeah. It's well-crafted, and it's got great characters. Definitely recommend it. It's one of the better I have 10-plus books of a series yeah. authors. I mean, yeah. There's a decent amount of them out now. Um, she's definitely one of the best ones yeah. that I've read. The so I highly recommend her. I love I love those books. She also has another series that has to deal do with some of the witches that are involved in the uh, Hollows series. Those are also really good. My favorite is still the Hollows, but it, it deals with some of the witches and that kind of thing. And those are great too. She's just a phenomenal writer. I love yeah, her. She's got a great world built. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a. I hope to one day have. That. There's a lot of recognizable <laughs> stuff, but exactly. it's unique. Yeah. I mean, and that's. It's hard 
to do. And again, that's one of the reasons why I love that series so much because the world is believable for me. I I believe yeah. in that. Like it's it's that's it. This is the world Just, now. We're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it live. <laughs> um, so who's the other author though? The other author for me is James Clemens. I don't know if anybody's picked him up. I don't know if he's really even written anything recently. I really don't know. Um, but the series itself is the Band and the Banished series, and it's, I want to say it's about roughly 10 books long. This was the series that I, I actually read this series before I read Kim Harrison, and it starts off, the first book is called Witchfire, it's W-I-T apostrophe T-H, so, or C-H, T-C-H, excuse me, it's, it's awkward how he spells it, but that's... that's look for the author. Yeah, look for the author, but that's another recognizable feature if you're looking for the books. Um, this series was so good that I put off reading the last book for like a year, because I really didn't yeah, want it to end. And then I finally did it, and I was like, it's over, no! Like, what do I do? Devastation. But his character's are so well written and on top of that he starts off the first book and the continuous series throughout he starts off with a character but then he reminds he brings in somebody else and then later on you find out how they actually meet and they intertwine and they're like their stories mesh for a moment and then they split off again and you're wondering are they ever going to meet up again like how important are they and it turns out that all of the characters that he creates have their own role to play, but it's it's made it's made apparent in certain characters and not in others, but it's really well woven. It's a well woven story. And that's what I loved about that one. And on top of that, some of the ideas he had in that world were amazing. Like there's a whole and I can just I can still picture it in my I mind. Have, I have no input. I, I know. Remember. I can still picture it in my mind, but there's a scene in one of the books where they have to basically go to, like, this underwater, like, castle. It's been submerged well, for one reason Obviously, there's or an underwater level. There's but, always there's an always. underwater level. <laughs> it's and, got no specific music. And just the way that it's written, it's just like, oh my god, are they going to make it out of there? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they've got to use magic. Yeah. But one of the things that I love about the main character in that story, in that series, is that, yes, she has this wild magic, but it comes at a cost. And it drains her. And she can't use it forever. It's not like just a continuous stream. <laughs> I got this, guys. We're totally going to make it. It's, no, she could potentially use up all of her power. And then, oh, look, 50 more guys showed up. You guys are going to die. Like, it's amazing. Well-woven, well-written. Highly recommend it. He also had another series as well. I didn't get into it as much. Um, but it had to do with gods and that kind of thing. And that was actually, I read the first book of that. Another one of those to-do lists. <laughs> and those are those are my two favorites. Highly recommend them. They're great and well worth it. You, sir? Yes. So I picked out two as well. Um, I actually... I go... I'm everywhere with my reading. So but, am I. But this year I started... I specifically looked for new series to look into. So I started a lot of series this year. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dresden Files I started this year. Uh, there's probably eight or nine. Five to twenty book series I started mm -hmm. this year. But there are two authors that I found in 2016 that 
that I absolutely had to share. Um, the first one, and I found him in 2015, and I picked up a short stories, a short story collection by him. Never read it until uh, I picked up The Age of Ra by James Lovegrove. And he does something that's not super common. Like, there's a lot of sci-fi, there's a lot of fantasy out there, but James Lovegrove takes a pantheon, and not in a kid's or young adult way, in an adult in a very adult situational way, takes those pantheons and applies them to the modern world. Um, like, I love Rick Reardon. I love uh, Magnus Chase. And I love the um, the Egyptian books mm -hmm. by him. I haven't read Percy Jackson. Uh, I Personally, Greek mythology is overdone for me. I prefer Norse and Egyptian mythology. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love his books, but they're younger books. Uh, they don't get gritty. James Lovegrove gets gritty. And I wish he wrote, like, more books regarding specific religions. But The Age of Ra is, you know, what if the Egyptian gods were fighting over the world and came back and told you they came back? Different, <laughs> different countries fight on behalf of different gods. I would say we're screwed. <laughs> well, no. Some of the main characters agree because they rebel. <laughs> and that's why I like it because it's like, what if we live in a modern world with like modern weapons, some of which are now powered by magic of a form, and you're answering to gods. But what, what do the rebels do who don't want to answer those gods that we didn't answer to 20 years ago? They just showed back up after centuries. We didn't ask for this. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Where were you for the last 1,200 years, you know? Um, I, and I really want to get all of his other books. But he's got an Aztec book. He's got a Norse book. He's and they're, got, they're standalone, right? Isn't that yeah. What you're telling me? You they're not in the same world because they assume, like, the Age of Ra assumes that the Egyptian gods, uh, it's not, semi-spoiler alert, they fought with the other pantheons and they won. So now they're the pantheon. And that is why, the fighting between the pantheons is why they weren't around for so many centuries. And now that they've won, they're back. And that's mm -hmm. essentially why they're there. Um, so to get a Norse book, you have to assume something different. So they're not the same world. Right. So you don't need to read them in any specific order or anything. But the concept, he does so well. And it's, it's not around. Like, you'd think it would be. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't just go to the shelf and find a bunch of books of... Oh, modern age tales where the Egyptian gods are real motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, you can find no. <laughs> you can find James Lovegrove and Rick Reardon and I don't know nobody else. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's a really great author, and I I love the way he writes the story and like, and he doesn't just get into the human side of it; he gets into the god side of it. And the god play and the family ties and how they feel about it, which make it brings a whole nother level to it. So it's really good. Definitely one I'm going to pick up. If not, you know, 
some of the others, because you said they could be standalone. Yeah, I suggest so. you pick up a different title than I have, and then we can trade. Oh, I see. You just want to have a mutual... Or, I, I mean, we could just buy <laughs> two copies of all the books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other author, my, f- my favorite new author of the year. I really am going to have to pick... This one I'm more excited about, and I'm going to have to pick it up. Which I found completely randomly. Um, is Peter Klein's, uh, the book, and I've only read the first one. I can't wait to read the other four, I believe. It's called X Heroes. And that's E-X, just... Yes. Because I know some people might think it's an X, it's E-X. Like, as in no longer heroes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I picked it up because of the title, X Heroes. Uh, Well, actually, I picked it up because I saw a couple of X this, X that, X this. That's the, the thread between the ones. Oh, it's a series. <laughs> it's a series. So, you know, I like to look for series this year, and I picked this series, and I looked, and I said, okay, the first one's X-Heroes, and I looked, and it's like, and the back tells you, there's superheroes, and there's zombies. What more could you want? What more could you want? But, I really like this book, because you like, superheroes, you don't see a lot of novels about superheroes. It's a comic thing. Yeah, I love a comic comics. thing. Comics are fucking expensive. Yeah, they I are. love superheroes. As much of movies and TV as we have for superheroes now, I want to read superheroes. Mm-hmm. I found this book, and it has superheroes, and I was not disappointed in the feel of the superheroes. It presents the good superhero story problems. Like, okay, I have powers. What do I do with them? Okay, where in this situation, how do I use my powers to make something out of this situation. Right. Why am I not a giant tyrant douchebag? <laughs> Why am I being a good guy? Uh, different superheroes, how they interact. Like, why are they not fighting? Why are they working together? How do they feel about each other? Add zombies. Add the fact that superheroes, if they die, can become zombies. That's a whole world of problems. <laughs> and then... Add a big twist in this first book that you're not... I don't want to say you're surprised by, because when they explain it to you, you're like, no fucking way, that makes so much sense. But you're still like, no fucking way. Um, That's what happens in this book. And it was just so good. Um, And it covered superheroes, it covered zombie apocalypse, but it just covered a good novel. Um, It's Peter Klein's... Great, and if you if you want a different zombie novel, pick this up. If you want a superhero novel, pick this up. If you want something that no one else is doing, pick this up. <laughs> I can't say enough. Bottom about line, Peter read it. <laughs> yeah, I can't say enough. And the fact that it's also another series, which I love. Yeah, and I mean, there's always I love to get lost in worlds. Someone who. <laughs> Has taken that step to do something that, I mean, the only other place I've seen superheroes and zombies is in Marvel Zombies as a major plot device. And, I mean, that was what it was, but it wasn't a story like this was. That was Mm -hmm. just a gimmick. It was, it's Marvel superheroes versus zombies. Yeah. This is a story. So, Kim Harrison, James Clemens. Yes. And then yours are? James Lovegrove. And Peter Klein's. Perfect. Check them out. 
We're going to definitely have the links for everything that we did talk about that has a link um, up with the uh, rant. It'll be attached to the end, right? Is that how you do it? Um, I will do it in the show notes on SoundCloud. I will include the links for patrons when I post it on the Patreon. Perfect. And I will also try to include the links on the blog post, which I embed the SoundCloud post to. Um, I will also try to include, if not the website for the authors yeah, that we just mentioned, yeah. I will include at the very least links to the first book in the series we mentioned yeah, on Barnes and Noble. Perfect. Um, to at least give you a jumping off point. Yeah. Give you something to dig deeper. Yeah. Which, hope you check them out because they're all worth it in our opinions. <laughs> so, so much to do, so little time. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Untamed Rant for us. Uh, yeah, number four. Done. <laughs> We're done. Yep. Uh, be sure to check out our blog at thewanderingalchemist.com uh, for episodes of The Rant and our actual play podcast. You can also check out our blog for tips, tricks, and weekly articles on tabletop gaming and general nerdiness the variety (laughs) yeah there's a lot going on there (laughs) also uh we really love what we do if you would like to help support us please become a patreon at www.patreon.com and search for the wandering alchemist pledges from a dollar and up gives you early access to the podcast and the cracks of the rift book chapters based on our pathfinder campaign that i am writing so i really hope you check those out not to shamelessly self-promote. <laughs> shamelessly. As a patron, you will also send you a welcome package directly to you the first month and maybe more often besides that, uh, including a wristband. You will also be entered into exclusive drawings for giveaways, including dice. Yeah. So if you would like to contact us directly with questions, comments, or to let us know that Patrick Rothfuss has finally finished that book three, please use the contact information located in the notes for this episode. As always, I am Erin, also known as the Untamed Scribe, and with me... I am John Crowley, the Wandering Alchemist. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.